0: Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P
1: dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply.
2: I just opened it there
1: sometimes obs freezes on us but we're good how's it going everybody so uh you know we're all contemplating and and and, you know the 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 catastrophe in afghanistan the loss of american lives the americans that are trapped there and you know biden said like nobody saw this coming we didn't think it was going to happen and then a phone call gets leaked where he knew it was happening and didn't provide air support after the president of afghanistan asked him to where he had previously just a few weeks earlier quietly pulled American troops out of Bagram Air Force Base in the dead of night, shutting off the electricity and not telling anybody, let alone the Afghan allies. So uh, when you see this and you know that we, I mean, it, it should have been obvious that they were asking for help. But the president of Afghanistan before Kabul fell to the Taliban said we need air support. And Biden was like, just tell everybody it's all fine. And uh, he knew it was collapsing. And they knew weeks in advance the Taliban was rapidly approaching. They knew weeks in advance that everyone in the world saw this happening and he just wanted to change the perception says to me that uh they didn't care or this was the plan the whole time so we'll, we'll talk about that I, I, I did talk about it earlier in one of my segments but we got the crew here we'll talk about that we got a bunch of other stories we've got uh, you know curfew just been enacted in in new orleans the hurricane hit it's pretty bad and uh joe rogan he got covid no. but i don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, uh we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff. You know, he did a video on Instagram. He appears to be fine. And the media, of course, is going nuts talking about horse dewormer. We'll talk about that. Uh We are being rejoined. Yes. Finally, at last. I'm back. By Jack Murphy.
0: Hey, good to be here. Tim, Lydia, Ian. It's been too long. Happy to be here. I'm Jack Murphy. Ready to get started on our every other Wednesday cycle, nine one nine fifteen nine twenty nine 15 so forth and <laughs> yes. so
2: on. Thank you.
1: You were gone for a while, Jack.
0: I was, man. We had summer tour. We had travel. We had all kinds of stuff going on, but we're Ian back to crying. work. I, you know, I heard. I well, got, that, that had nothing to do with you. I got <laughs> DMs. I got DMs. Ian looks lonely. Yeah. He's sad. He needs dead. Uncle Jack.
3: Right. Life is hard. Yeah. It's and something. I'm back. Life Thanks for having challenge.
0: me, guys. Happy to be here. We were all
1: concerned because he was like sleeping one day and didn't get out and... I, I went to his door and knocked. He didn't answer, and then I put my ear up to the door and I heard him saying,
2: "Jack, Jack, oh, 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 Repeating yeah. it over and over. Yeah, again. Over it's now. like <laughs> a mantra because I knew you'd come back.
0: He was he was following <laughs> he my Twitter feed it. at Jack Murphy Live. He was also watching my <laughs> <laughs> videos at Jack Murphy Live on YouTube because <laughs> <laughs> really good videos. I have nine
3: yeah. sockwell, accounts. <laughs> I, I comment a lot. on You your do story.
0: actually. I can tell each time. Thank you, graphene. Hey, how was the Grand Canyon, Matt? The Grand Canyon was big. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It was stunning. Did it feel like a vacuum?
3: Like it was sucking you into it when you got near it?
0: It really did. It really Mm -hmm. did. I didn't want to leave. I went to Grand Canyon, Bryce, and Zion. Did not want to leave each place. I felt sad. I felt mourning leaving each place because they're so profound in their just brilliance and and enormity. really puts
3: your life in perspective. That's why we're here. That's why
0: we're here. To put your life
3: in perspective, our lives in perspective. Let's do it. Ian Crossland. Hey, Ian Crossland in the house. Jack Murphy live. (laughs) Yes. Happy to be here.
2: I'm loving it. I'm so glad Jack is back. It's going to be a great Wednesday, as it always is with Jack. Looking forward to it.
1: Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments from the show, as well as an ad-free experience. We just hired another journalist, so we're just hiring more and more journalists, and I just got to tell you, this is because we want to make good journalism. Um, The news industry is not a particularly lucrative, lucrative industry. The opinion industry, however, is a booming (laughs) <laughs> and thanks to all the members who like this show and the member segments, we are able to hire more journalists and that's, that's kind of how it works, you know?
0: Dude, you definitely hired a bunch of people because I haven't been here in about six weeks. I walked in the house, people are like accosting me, not so accosting many. me, gently approaching me with video cameras, multiple angles, there's like paparazzi, there's guys at workstations, there's screens up on the walls, people are grinding, editing, producing. It's a beehive of activity in here, Tim. We're taking over. You really are, man. You can and It's fall. all thanks
1: to you as members at TimCast.com. Uh, don't forget to like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Share the show is the most powerful thing you can do if you really like it. Uh, let's read this news. You may have heard. Wow. Amazing. From TimCast.com, Biden urged Afghan presidents to change the perception of Taliban's imminent victory, Reuters reports. New details are emerging from the final phone call between U.S. President Biden and the Afghan President Ashraf Ghani with reports claiming Biden urged the foreign leader to change perceptions that the Taliban was winning the war. The call took place on July 23rd. On August 15th, Ghani fled the presidential palace and the Taliban entered Kabul. Since then, tens of thousands of desperate Afghans have fled and 13 U.S. troops have lost their lives. Scores of Afghan civilians. Here's a quote from Biden. I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there is a need, whether it's true or not, There is a need to project a different picture. We will provide, we will continue to provide close air support if we know what the plan is, Biden told Ghani. You clearly have the best military, you have 300,000 well-armed forces versus 70 to 80,000, and they're clearly capable of fighting well. So it sounds like a lot of lies coming out of the White House in these past few weeks. We didn't know it was going to happen. They knew it was happening then. On July 1st, they abandoned Bagram Air Force Base. That's been like the the centerpiece of this big story and the scandal. As to what went down, because they didn't just hand off. They didn't. They, here's what should have happened, in my opinion, and and you know maybe I'm wrong because I'm not a military guy. The Biden administration could have said, "All right, it's currently uh, May. By July 1st, we will leave, which gives us a month to get in some Afghan security forces, Afghan national, you know, army to start replacing the people who run the air force base, so that you can properly take it over, have the logistics, and then start dealing with the Taliban should they come in after we leave." Instead. In the middle of the night, on, on July 1st, they turned the lights off, cut the power and fled without telling anybody. And civilian looters busted in. And then when the Afghan army found out, they went in and tried and, and secured it and arrested people. But you got to imagine, by July 23rd, about three weeks before the fall of Kabul, when the president of, of Afghanistan is like, yo, Biden, we need some air support. They already abandoned the air force base without telling them. And Biden's like, hey, we'll provide you with air support. Just keep telling everybody you're winning. So to me, kind of sounds like the plan, man.
0: It's indeed the plan. But you got to wonder. That's the plan from Biden's perspective. you got to wonder how, where the lies start, right? Does the lie start all the way down with, yeah, we just trained these four new recruits to the Afghan security forces, and they're great. They're doing a great job. And those lies just multiply and add up and build up and add up and build up to where Joe Biden is like, hey, we really have 300,000 troops there. They're really going to be helpful for you. You're fine. 300,000 versus 80,000. It's fine. I mean, that's the intel that he's getting. Look, I am not a Joe Biden fan. I'm not defending Joe Biden. The guy needs to be put into a nice, comfortable rocking chair with a blanket over his lap. and a nice book in his lap. If he he can read and a cup of tea and the whole thing. So let me pat him on the head every once in a while. Tuck him in. Wipe his nose. Sponge baths. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not volunteering or sticking that on anybody. But like, it's, it's, it's compounding lie after, lie after 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 lie. And you know, really the president is a guy that's up there playing risk. You know, he's got the board. He's got the pieces. Mm. He can only depend on the information that he's been giving. And it's from my perspective. It seems like the entire military industrial complex is just filled with liars, scoundrels and thieves who are not yeah. doing their job, but
1: they want war. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I, are you are you saying that you know Biden wanted to withdraw, and so they, they it's the military industrial complex that screwed it up and gave him bad info, or, or what do you I
0: mean? think that that when you've got Biden and his team and the wokeified apparatus that's now taken over everything, their focus is always on the wrong thing. They're always focused and they're putting their attention on the wrong thing. So whenever they take action, it's the wrong action. Because their focus is on wokeness. It's on, you know, making sure that the, uh, what are my words? I can't say over here. Making sure that the, uh, army is diverse enough, making sure that they're dealing with white rage and these things. And, and they're not making sure that the facts and the information that they're getting are accurate. And so yeah. they're just taking these things at face value.
1: Basically, you can't take anything at face value anymore. Nothing. But is it lies or is it collapse, right? So I'll put oh, yeah. it, it rot. Um, yeah, um, rot. Imagine the military is a bunch of, you know, you ever see that meme where it's like two people standing on a cliff, and it's like a beautiful city, and they're hugging, and then holding the cliff up is a bunch of soldiers that are like <laughs> bleeding, and one guy's pointing a gun, and they're, they're holding it up? Yeah, It's making a point about how this comfort and this luxury is based on it. So imagine yes. that support structure of all of these dudes holding up society. Not that I'm a fan of the Afghan war by any stretch of the imagination, but you start – corrupting and rotting those those support beams and they start just writhing and falling and collapsing and then eventually the structure loses support the whole thing falls down yep so is it is it really lies or is it here, here's the way i see it um and I'll, and I'll and i'll do a side note here we got a video removed we got a strike on tiktok because <laughs> on tiktok yeah. on tiktok because i said in a video it's clear biden is in charge that there are no, there are no adults in the room and that when Biden's talking in these meetings and says stuff, people just go along with whatever he says and don't challenge him. He's got sycophants and bureaucrats who don't want to stick their neck out. And Biden's clearly not with it. And so we got to strike for that. But that, but I, I stand by that. I think what's happening is you've got, you know, Kamala, Milley, you know, uh, other people, right? The National Security Advisor. You've got Gensaki, And they're like, I'm not saying anything. It's like Joe Biden walks in. He sits down. And uh, we heard him say, Trinan on a at of pressure on mm. TV. What do you think he's saying in private? When he's sitting there and they're all sitting around him and he's like, "Eh, eh,
3: Kabul,
1: do it. And they're like, "Uh, whatever you say, Joe, and they just walk out shrugging.
3: We know one of the things he says in private, which is, uh, hey, leader of Afghanistan, lie to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was when he said, Adultly. whether it's true or not.
1: Yes. Yes. Whether it's true or
3: not, just lie. Lie if you have to, but treat you you people.
0: Do you wish anything would have gone differently in Afghanistan? Yeah, Dude. I wish the president wouldn't have
3: fled. You know, mm. it, this whole like woke yeah. crap, of, it's like they didn't want to hurt the Taliban's feelings. We had a, an outdate by September 1st or August 31st. What you do as a military, if you're not prepared to leave a war that you're winning... You extend the deadline. Well,
1: were we winning?
3: Yeah, we were dominating that country. We controlled the country. We were had total, we we I, had I, I air support. I, we had, we had I don't logistics. Agree. We had total opportunity to withdraw safely everything over time. And they just chose to surrender. Biden surrendered when we were winning the war. He All didn't right. just issue an, a white piece and walk away. He surrendered our equipment.
1: I actually agree. I, I agree with, I, I, I think so. I agree. Yes. In, in that, in that sense, I would say, there, when I say I don't know if we are winning, it's like it's 20 years in attrition and soldiers are dying every year and there were some serious attacks the past few years and I'm like, I don't know if it's winning if we're in a country we don't need to be in to colonize our nation build from people who don't want us to be there. I don't know what we're trying to win other than invading this country. But from what you're saying, in that, in that sense, yes, we, not only did we have control of the country, but we did have the Afghan National Army. And I think this story is the perfect example of how It all broke. It's the, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's the breaking point. It's almost like there really was a system in place. Not a good one. I still believe there would have been chaos and conflict. But it's like Joe Biden, the administration made sure to find the one support beam they could strip out to make sure it all went smack down and collapse on the way out. They, they pulled logistics and air support. They abandoned the Air Force base around Kabul or Bagram near Kabul. They couldn't do evacuations. It really felt like of all of the things they could have done, they did quite possibly the worst thing. I guess the worst thing would be to bomb your own, you know, like the civilians. Okay, so in the sense of strategy for the withdrawal, this was the worst thing they could have done.
3: Plus. Yes, a premature surrender.
0: In well, getting the withdrawal executed, sure. There was a lot of tactical and operational errors for sure. But like we were losing that war the minute we started.
3: Well, it. it's not a war with a with a valuable goal, I don't think. I think it was a pointless endeavor, but we were dominating in force. We we were winning the force. But were we battle. really though? Because yeah.
0: the whole point, I guess well, not the whole point, but one of the points of being there was to build up this army that was going to be able to defend Afghanistan from all these other bad guys. And in the very First possible moment where they were there to do the job that they were trained for. They didn't just do the job poorly.
1: They just said, <laughs> just kidding, we're not even doing it. Oh, but there's so I I, I, I agree and disagree. Uh, I think they certainly did a poor job. But there's a video of Afghan uh, commandos fighting back, defending, you know, territory from the Taliban and they run out of ammo. Hmm. And the Taliban comes in, so they drop their guns, and the Taliban executes them. There's, hmm. there's video of this happening. They post hmm. The Taliban wants to post their victories. Right. You have Joe Biden abandoning Bagram in the dead of night without telling them. Right. So it's like if you've got you're, – you're, you're a country that's been built up by 20 years of occupation. America comes in. They build up this whole apparatus in Afghanistan, and they say, it's our air base. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the logistic. Here's the contractors. And you're like, okay, I guess. And there's no handoff of power. And then all of a sudden, one, one day, the Taliban is storming in because you're pulling out. And you're like, all right, let's go. Where's our air force? Nobody's there. What do you mean nobody's there? Right. They, so, they, they did fight. Right. And not every single one. Some, but yeah. We had Afghan National Army defending the Kabul airport. And I think, you know, initially, this was my mistake, too. When Biden came out and said, you have Afghan uh, you know, uh, security forces unwilling, or he, he said, why should we send the next generation of Americans to fight a war the Afghans are not willing to fight themselves? And I was like, it's a good point. And then I started reading the reports. I started reading the, 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 the experts, reading the timeline of events. And I was like, yo, that's brutal. Some of these guys did fight really, really hard, but Biden pulled support on July 1st. Sure,
0: sure. So, so I'm sure some of them were definitely, uh, you know, died in the world. True believers, Afghan army fighters wanting to defend themselves and their country from the Taliban. But if you take it a couple other data points, one, the Pew study that says 99% of Afghanistani citizens want to have Sharia law enacted, and you contrast that with our efforts to, to, to take Afghanistan into modernity by teaching them gender studies, <laughs> by trying to yeah. actually, you know, encourage homosexuality and the, all these things and, and, and women's rights and yada, 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 the culture, the, the culture, <laughs> culture clash. Thinking of that Coen Brothers movie, Culture Crash, uh, the culture clash uh, there was irreconcilable, and yeah. and the civilizational clash was irreconcilable. And the and just one last point on this: the whole American military machine is supported by this enormous logistics infrastructure, right? Air support, weapons and development, research and development, supply chains, manufacturing, all these things. And they trained apparently, and I'm not an expert, but I do talk to many, uh, they trained the Afghan army to operate the same way that the United States military does, which requires this gigantic infrastructure behind it. And so the minute you pull that infrastructure out, well then of course it's, it's stupid. It's like, it's like, it's like giving the whole Afghan army a bunch of Teslas to drive and then, then then taking away the electricity.
1: Did you see yeah, that? That's actually
0: a really good metaphor.
3: There's a
1: photo. I don't know if it's real. <laughs> or analogy. But it's a Taliban guy pointing a gun at a bunch of civilians who are, like, shocked and scared. And they're standing up against a wall of, like, the UN security goals or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know if that's true because it's awfully convenient. But I'm like, it was a convincing photo nonetheless. And it was like, here's our sustainability goals, you know, or whatever.
3: The plan. They they got the website. Taliban's all about the memes these days, I hear. I Posting memes, they man. They're, they're killing it on Twitter, dude. <laughs> killing it on
1: Twitter. Now, Now, hold on. It's not all uh, uh, bad news because we have uh, we have this story from Politico. Uh, we have another story too. Uh, apparently, Mark Milley says it's possible the U.S. will work with the Taliban oh, okay. oh, because of ISIS K. Cool. So uh, so we have that, and then we also we also have the Biden administration is now considering giving the Taliban cash aid if they uphold their international obligations. So it seems like Biden's strategy was like, well, we can pay to have people there on the ground securing the country indefinitely. Or we can pay the Taliban to just do whatever as long as they do the things we like. We know how that plays out. You give the Taliban cash. You encourage all the bad things they're doing because then they're like, we'll keep doing bad things unless you give us more money. Then you give them money. The bad things go down for a few months and they start coming back and they say, well, maybe you got to give us more money. It's like that trope where the guy like walks, the, the, the private detective walks in and he's like, I need information. And then he's like, eh, you know, maybe I need a little cash. And then he hands him money and the guy goes, mm, maybe I need a little bit more. And he keeps milking it as much as he can. Yeah, you, you can't do that. It doesn't work.
0: Well, when you lose a war, the loser always pays, period. We lost a war, therefore we pay. None of that surprises me. When you lose a
3: war, you pay money. Yeah. Ask England, or sorry, or even, even if you help somebody win a war, they still pay. Well, you can also end a war with what's called a white peace, which is where nobody wins and nobody loses. It's just the war just stops. And that's probably what should have happened. But they surrendered. That's a different form of ending a war. That's when you give them money. I think yeah. all this comes back to our
0: original question that we formulated a while back. Dumb or diabolical? Yes.
3: Great game. That's dumb
0: or diabolical? I'm they, leaning dumb here.
1: What, mm-hmm. They're going to work with the Taliban and give them cash? I don't know if that's that's. I mean, it could be dumb anti. No, I just mean the entire <laughs> the
0: entire thing is dumb. The entire every decision to go in, going all the way back to George W. Bush's decision to go in there, his announcement in the second inaugural address where he says that the American foreign policy goal is to end tyranny across the world. What? That was a radical transformation of American foreign policy that was doomed from the start. It's representative of progressive ideology, and it has now played out over 20 years where along the way we tried to gender studies them up in the whole thing to make them peaceful and modern just like us. And it failed. It failed. It failed. It failed. It's dumb, 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 dumb all down the way.
1: What did, what, what did we do back in, uh, let let me make sure I have the year right. What was Mm -hmm. uh, the Cold War era Mm -hmm. in Afghanistan? The 1970s. Yeah, what, what, who, who who was it that was, uh, being trained and armed in the 1970s in Afghanistan by the, uh, United States?
0: Some bad guys that came later to blow us up. Yeah, they called
1: them the Mujahideen. Oh, the Mujahideen. The Mujahideen. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the US armed and trained them so they would fight against the Soviets and drive the, the Soviet Union out. And they did, and then later on broke off to form al-Qaeda and the Taliban, and al-Qaeda attacks us, and then Taliban takes over Afghanistan, and the U.S. goes, oh, oh no, now we have to evade Iraq, I guess, because Saddam Hussein's bad, and, you know, that whole thing's going on, so then we did that. Of course, we went to Afghanistan first, and so I look at this, and I'm wondering, Jack, are they really dumb, or is Iran about to get a whole lot of weapons high-grade, advanced American weaponry because Afghanistan can't maintain their own economy. Already we're seeing videos and photos of people lining up outside of banks by the hundreds because the economy just stopped. There's no central banker anymore. Not like I like central banking, but the people who ran that place are gone. You think the Taliban keep the power on? No, but I'll tell you what they can do. They can call up their buddies over in Iran and say, we need infrastructure help now. And Iran will be like, we see you got some pretty black cocks over there. So what happens, real quick, in 10, 15, or 20 years when you've got a new ISIS armed with advanced american weaponry and they're causing problems and the older generation is is retiring they're, or, or many are passing on you know we're all you know we're going to be in our 50s and 60s and the young generation not remembering any of what happened says oh no these evil people overseas are are are, are, are you know violent and oppressive we should stop them and the U.S. goes, oh, oh, no, look at all the weapons and all the terror. We have to stop them. So the U.S. arms and funds the Mujahideen. They become the al-Qaeda, the Taliban, justification for our wars in the Middle East yes. once again. And are we on that same track?
0: Probably because we're stupid. We <laughs> don't understand anything that's going on over there. We don't any understand any of the, the no, historical no. tribal differences. We don't understand all of it. Now, but you brought up a lot of points. Just give me just a little bit of space to get to them. I have talked to a number of experts, military experts, U.S. Special Forces, captains and pilots that have flown this type of equipment that is there on the ground, who operated in theater, logisticians whose job it was to support the aircraft and the the helicopters that are on the ground in Afghanistan. And to a man, each single one of them told me the same thing. One, any of the technology that we gave the Afghanistan Army was old, old stuff. It was not the latest and greatest. None of it. We didn't give them the, the highest, latest and greatest weapon, weaponry systems, and they weren't even the latest and greatest Blackhawk versions. Two, that China and Iran have both had access to this technology since the 80s. Three, that it will be impossible to sustain and maintain this hardware in that desert without the massive logistical support that comes with the United States military. So, uh, and again, I get tons of pushback on this on Twitter. I don't know about any of this stuff. I'm literally talking to people that were in theater, in field, who know this equipment and know how it works. And this is what they
1: have told me. People, people often respond to us saying that Iran still uses, you know, captured planes from the 70s.
0: They do because now this is in the comparison. Again, I've had the same argument and I researched the same thing. The difference between Iran and Afghanistan are vast. Iran has is a fully formed civilization of thousands of years. They have their own domestic commercial aviation industry. They make planes and engines and stuff. Afghanistan doesn't even have electricity. Jack, what country is
1: to the west of Afghanistan?
0: Now, to that point, Mm -hmm. as far as I understand it, and I'm not an expert, so if I'm wrong, I apologize. People tell me. Iran, Shia. Afghanistan, Sunni. How are they, how, they're, they're, they're natural born enemies. Why are they supporting each other? Are they supporting each other? I don't know. So all these arguments that I'm hearing about Iran's going to help Afghanistan and we're giving them all this equipment and whatever, upon further investigation, not all of that holds
1: up. I mean, well, I I don't I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that doesn't hold up. Good argument, and obviously, look, we're a bunch of guys on, on the <laughs> internet acting, you're talking about this great war, and I'm sure there's some like you know E4 or whatever who's like he knows them so much more than we do. I'm
0: sure, but I've talked to the guys that actually know who are in the field that fly the things. They fly the things in Afghanistan they have been there and done it and supported it. It takes in order to do a hardware overhaul on a Blackhawk. It takes a year to disassemble it Ooh. before it takes two years to put it back together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is just to support it from regular flight operations and I see they're doing military parades and they're and you know, guys, by the way, that the that, that Blackhawk image of the guy hanging from it, he wasn't hanging, he was in a harness and he was waving to everybody. Yeah, yeah Okay, yeah. they were flaunting it, they weren't killing anybody. But the point is is they're just joyriding this stuff around, which means it's gonna degrade even more quickly, but they don't care because they beat us without any of that crap in the first place. You yep. know why? Because they have time and they have mountains.
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure they had F-15s and nuclear weapons. Right. You know, Joe Biden said you'd have to have that to defeat the U.S. Oh, so yeah, that's Clearly they did. Indeed. And Biden's just keeping it a secret from us because if we found out the Taliban had news, we'd be real scared, right? Indeed. Or and they're just mountain people with guns.
0: Mountain people with guns, <laughs> which is exactly what I want to be here in the United States. And I had a friend joke that uh, Appalachia will be the uh, graveyard of empires yeah. uh, here in the United States. Oh, wow. That's a cool. Right? That's the that's graveyard. A- of empires in Appalachia, Let's like
1: like you know, so I, I was I was watching this. I was reading something about why Afghanistan is just a terrible location, and it's because there's people who who, who grow up there, who live there, who live in the mountains and su- su- uh, subsist on mountain life. And we try to go in, and that's the high ground. It's very difficult right. to occupy for people. I mean, it's the altitude, it's the breathing, and so there's not a lot there. It's rocky, and it's just hard to hard to hold. No no great empire's been able to do it. So I wonder if that, you know, then translates to, to Appalachia.
0: It does indeed. It does indeed. And I was just watching The Patriot the other night, and it's a historical significance oh, yeah. aside. <laughs> uh, powerful movie. But there's a great line in there where Mel Gibson's like, you know, I taught you every back trail and cave and hideout mm. in this region, and that's what we're going to do, and that's how we're going to use it. And that's what I've always been taught about the American Revolution is that we ultimately won mostly because we knew the train and we could act in a guerrilla fashion, etc. But look. I think that's a myth, actually. But that is why we won? Yeah, I think it we— It wasn't because we stood up in front of the British and just shot more musket balls. No, it was mm-hmm. because
1: the French intervened and uh-huh. Britain was, was yes. strained. And then, it, I mean, the revolution went on for 20 years. You know, the formal declaration happened sometime after there was already revolution Plenty and rebellion. Of, yeah, yeah. And, and, and there was shooting, and the British Empire was finally like, we can't do this anymore. But uh, I do think the grill Gr- Gr- tax obviously did play a role for sure. But I think it's overstated. I was reading something about it, yeah. and they were like – I think it's understated how much of the French intervening was like I think the French
3: wiped out the British Navy at some point. It
0: did, and they showed up there at the end, and it was really helpful. But uh, to, just to finish this one thought, um, look, if you're going to colonize a country, you can't just send a governor and some army guys and hope that you're going to change the nature of the country. You have to send families – You have to send settlers. You have to send people to build cities and create culture and art and commerce and all these things, which is why, actually, we in the United States gained our independence is because they had to send actual humans and families and people to settle the United States. It wasn't just a colony in the Caribbean or in Africa where we could just send a governor and some troops and just extract the resources that we wanted from those countries. We had to actually send human beings to come live here and have their lives here, which is why in a way it was so successful that it was such a civilization that we were like, you know, that's it
1: to England. You need stories for the the, the people, the people who are, who are growing up in Afghanistan don't have any national unity. The story that they're told that the kids growing up is the Americans invaded and took over and now we live under their rule. What great story. So, you know, when I'm a kid and I'm growing up, I see that photo of Iwo Jima and they're raising the flag and, you know, never forget and all of these things, these things meant to inspire and tell kids that's what you want to be like. That's what you aspire to be. What do they have in Afghanistan if they're not, if they're, you're growing up and you're like, we were conquered. Right. What, 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 I, so, but, so but no, people but they in the people were, street were are celebrating with the Taliban.
0: Well, they didn't, they, that's not the story they told them. What they told them was that empires, Alexander the Great, the Russians, the Americans, they all come here and they all lose. Son, <laughs> son, we're just waiting them out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, out and, I, and
0: I don't want to use this cliche because it's so cliche and everybody uses it, but they're like, son, they got watches. We got time.
3: Oh yeah. Nope. And that's the thing. If you're going to colonize I got mountains. a desert, yeah. Mountain, then (laughs) you need to import food, and that's going to cost you trillions and trillions of dollars. You need to import water. That's another true. Right, but But 80 years, you got to fund that thing. It's no, going to be an 80 year project. For three if
0: centuries, if you want that to happen. Yeah. The, the yes. fundamental error here is that we in our progressive era politics and foreign policy and modernity and all these things that we think we can change everyone around the world. If they could just listen to us and learn our ways, they will improve and change and whatever. And our arrogance led us to believe that not only were we going to just go to like a country that was like a step below below us and just kind of bring them up to where we were. No, we were gonna to go to the most Bass backwards place in the entire world with a civilization more antithetical to ours than any other in existence and try to bring them up
1: to twenty twenty one wokeness is that is the height of folly. I you I, I, here I'll tell you what I think. What country is uh, uh to the west of Afghanistan? We mentioned it, but I'm asking
0: again. Oh god, I don't know. There's, there's like, there's Pakistan and Iran and Iraq and there, and China's over, they're all over there somewhere. W- w- to yeah.
1: the west of Afghanistan. <laughs> Why are you put me on the spot? Uh, <laughs> I had mean, to I, stopped, oh, I, I we, we, look at a map. I'm, I'm just doing this as <laughs> like a rhetorical Everyone should do move, this. The, you should look forward. at a map.
3: Look at a map and get familiar with, with the, the area the, right the now. The
1: country directly west of Afghanistan is Iran.
3: Okay,
0: there we go.
1: Do you know what country is directly east of Iraq? Iran.
3: Iran. Yes. Hmm.
1: And so when you look at what John Bolton's been saying, that we will be celebrating victory in Tehran by this time next year, and he said that a couple of years ago, it sounds to me like the purpose of Afghanistan is not to to create a nation necessarily, but to create a stronghold where we can supply troops and have military infrastructure because they wanted to invade Iran.
0: Oh, well, that's absolutely true. That was all part of the neocon dominoes falling theory that they put forth after... After... We decided to invade. Okay. That's the part that people forget, I believe, is that we decided to invade Afghanistan and then Iraq before Wolfowitz and the neocons had fully formulated their spreading democracy concept. I believe that the spreading democracy concept came after the urge to invade Afghanistan and Iraq. But this is me <laughs> going back 20 years and trying to remember the news reports right. at, News reports at the time. I was in grad school, so we we're talking about this quite a bit. And, uh, I just remember Wolfowitz and the neocons formulating the spreading of the democracy and the dominoes falling theory after it was already determined by Bush's rhetoric going, he would, he would do this word smash where he would go, uh, uh, Iraq, uh, Al Qaeda, 9-11, Afghanistan, Saddam Hussein, Iraq, weapons of mass destruction, Afghanistan, Iraq, Saddam Hussein. Terror. He, ter- terror. And he would just, he would just mash all those words up together. Without any logical coherence, but he would just say them together in a rhythm in such a way that everyone began to associate all those concepts together: Al Qaeda, Afghanistan, Saddam Hussein, weapons of mass destruction, Iraq. Ah, nine eleven. Ah, more of this is going to happen. Ah, oh, we have to defend ourselves. That was that was the the banging of the war drums at that time. And I believe that the academic infrastructure for all of this—the Wolfowitz-led neocon theory of domino falling and such. My my memory could be wrong, and I was younger then for sure, uh, was that the, that came after afterwards and became the justification for this prolonged experience that we had there that, of you course, know, the military industrial complex gets behind. And they're like, yeah, we can sell more bombs. You Beautiful.
1: know what I'm really, really impressed by? you got to give it to the United States, the power and the prowess of their armed forces in <laughs> being able to stage an invasion of a country less than a month after the terror attack that happened, which – was the reason for that attack. So it's Wait, like, we
0: invaded Afghanistan in
1: October of 2001? October 7th, 2001. Holy so that means 9/11, in a month. 9-11 happens. George W. Bush says, we know who did it. He reached out to the Taliban and says, hand over Osama bin Laden. They said, give us proof. He says, we don't need proof. We know he's guilty. I'm paraphrasing, but that's like near, near accurate quote. Yeah. And then in less than a month, the U.S. had the resources and the strategic positions to invade a country. I mean, that is...
3: That is wow a coincidence they 've been at this for for decades and decades are, are
0: you insinuating that nine eleven was an inside job meant to deter meant to set us on some uh, no. foreign policy excursion?
1: No, I think George W. Bush wanted to invade Afghanistan no matter what happened, and after nine eleven happened he was like. Well, Afghanistan
0: or Iraq. I would I would actually Iraq was later. No, his dad I know. I know Iraq that's what I'm in saying the 90s. So I remember their arguments back then because I'm a little bit older than you guys. And I remember them saying, like, oh, all this is about George Bush avenging his daddy. And so maybe maybe in his mind. And I don't know. I'm totally speculating. And I know people who know this. So maybe I should just ask them. But, uh, you know, maybe he, when he got in office, he's like, we got to fix this thing in Iraq. I'm, I'm, and then nine eleven happened, and it was like, oh, we'll do this, then we'll do
1: that. I'm saying they wanted to invade already. Like they yeah. they, they they were they were they just wanted. It. We had we had uh, uh they they had, they had talked about it. They had the invasion in the '90s. They wanted to go in. The neocons wanted. They wanted to invade. And what, I'm saying what, that we 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 were very quick in our like. What, what I mean to say is. We we we, wait, we waited no time. Right. We we didn't say like let's have international hearings. Right. Let's 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 get a third a third nation involved to, to to make demands of the Taliban. Let's put international pressure. It was like less than uh, a month. It was like Dude, send
3: in the troops. We didn't I go after have, Bin Laden. We set up a nation building. No, in, no, no. no, like no, no. We, we did go after. Oh well, we made, did. Yeah, part of the project. We of nation did, building, but then we let him go. We let him go, and, go and to Bora
0: Bora. But uh, I'll push they back on one thing you said there. They definitely formed an international coalition. They definitely brought in other countries. There definitely was a huge I, coalition I, of, of countries look, that went into I don't, Afghanistan. I, don't, I don't mean
1: for invasion. I mean for, for verification. like, hey, yeah. how about before we invade a country, yeah. we have council hearings. You know, we we make demands. We sanction. Like, it's really interesting that the Taliban said, "Give us proof." Bush said, "We don't need proof. We know he's guilty," and then we're going to war in less than a month. It's like, yo, yeah, yo, yo. like so Halliburton we, we, is
3: ready. Let's get exactly. those contracts. They to wanted, war. They wanted well, the know, war, and they know, were like, we're going for it. You know what's
0: funny? Uh, if you think about the timeline, actually, uh, from 1991 until September 11th, that's the period in time that I call the Pax Americana. That is when we were cashing the peace dividend of the end of the Cold War. There wasn't any obvious international like hegemon that could like was like challenging us anywhere. The Soviet Union had fallen. We had gotten so comfortable, actually, that we had turned our foreign policy attention to the Western hemisphere. We were like engaging with Latin America. We're going to build a free trade area of the Americas, all this stuff. There wasn't any real war or military conflict or clearly defined enemy at all whatsoever from 91 91. Until 2001 so it is a reasonable presumption to make that in that intervening 10 years all of the military industrial complex guys were like oh we got to get something here we got to get something going <laughs> we got to get something what's it going to be what's it going to be what's it gonna be and then Iraq and then Iraq and and I mean I've but we did then have then Saddam
3: Iraq. Hussein in the Iraq thing. Well we did but you know I mean, he, was like a, he was a boogeyman. But those
0: are teeny tiny those are teeny tiny little
1: things.
3: They wanted a twenty year guaranteed no bid contract. Right. Resource extraction, the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember um what year was uh, Bush's sectional second second election? Was that two thousand and four? Four. Was 2004.
1: Yeah. 2000, he got elected. 2004 was reelected. 2004. Yeah.
0: So by the time he makes that second inaugural and the, the goal of America is to end tyranny around the world, we'd already been
3: way, way involved. So that, was, Plus, that wasn't, that wasn't leading. Right. I want to, I, mean. I want to go back to the Iranian revolution of 1979. This is a little bit before my time I was born in 79. But I mean, they had this guy, the Shah, and it was like this, this 2000 year old monarchy. And they, they basically, I think the CIA caused this revolution, this, to, to this theocratic, uh, what's this the Ayatollah Khomeini? This this like now they're this theocratic Muslim, well theocracy country. But we basically created that. Yes, we did. Okay. Okay. Why? I don't know. To to make enemies for people in the region. Slovenian. I think. But then they then all of a sudden the world became globalized and internet and now. Yeah, specifically the Soviet Union. Is this like
1: the Soviet Union falls and now the U.S. is like, okay, time to clean up the mess we made? Is that what they've been doing?
3: Well, I mean, that was
0: 1979, the Iranian Revolution. But uh, after the Soviet Union falls, I don't know about cleaning up the mess, but it's like expand the footprint, grow the empire, more bombs, more wars, more money expand the mar- remember this is all tied at the same time to neo uh neoliberal economics which is like blow out all the markets free trade let's engage with China let's engage with the every EU let's create the free trade area of the Americas which was all just about globalized 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 so it all adds up and stacks up into the globalization theory this whole thing that we're basically me and my friends and maybe you guys are on board now I don't know are anti-globalization. And all these things that we're talking about are globalization, about the globalization of
1: American empire, globalization of American trade, American values, American freedoms, American all the things. What's the issue you have with globalization? Like, What are some bad bad things to say about it?
0: Well, I mean, look, the great example is what we're just talking about here with Afghanistan is that we believe that we have a set of values and customs and morals and a virtuous framework that we can go and just apply universally to civilizations across the world. Does not work. Hmm. People are different. And they don't want what we are selling,
1: right? You okay. have to you have to occupy for for for. for I, I don't think three centuries, generations. I think four generations. Okay, yeah. Either their country or for their enough, mind enough to have all of the people who remember the old ways. Pass on dead, mm-hmm. and then the next generation remembers nothing and says, "This is the way things are. They've yeah. always been right." Right. So that's so that's one element.
0: The second element of globalization that's no good for everybody is the the race to the bottom on wages and environmental standards, which was what the. And I'm I'm throwing environmental standards in as sort of a joke, but that was the argument against the 1999 WTO ascension of China into the World Trade Organization, of which Black Block. The precursor to American Antifa was protesting.
1: Well, black black bloc was just a tactic. Right, okay. Antifa uses the black bloc tactic, so it was it was ant, it was leftist activists using the black bloc tactic, same as Antifa in opposition to, to the world to
0: the World Trade right. And their arguments were actually were actually pretty salient. Go, we'll have a global downward pressure on wages. We'll have a global downward pressure on environmental standards. And what happened? All that shit, all that stuff, went to China. And they, you know, their environmental standards are much lower wages went exported all around the place. And what happened? Our entire middle class and industrial, uh you know, support within the United States has been completely hollowed out and offshored. So like globalization, the, the fundamental problem with globalization is that our cultural way of life is unique to us as a people. It is not a universally applicable to every civilization and person around the world. And that is a hubris and an arrogance that we have to get over.
1: But that's, and you're right. And that's what a lot of these dictators and conquerors all believed. Every single one of these authoritarian dictatorships who are expanding and taking over thought this universal set of values, this set of values we have is universal and can be applied. The thing about the the communists that's different from us to a certain degree is that they were like, we'll just kill anybody who opposes us. Yeah. The US does that to a certain degree, to a certain degree, but they genuinely try to buy people. They, they, it's that's the capitalist approach. Just give them money and comforts. It, it's really amazing. You give them something to lose. Whereas the communists were like we'll just lose them. Right.
3: You know what? It,
0: well, what's interesting too about communism is that it's like sub-nation state. It's like below the level of nation state. It's a way to unite various factions and people in different nations against the nation state that they're living in, which was what the end of the Westphalian era and the, the Westphalian treaty was supposed to be about, which is supposed to be about like nations here not meddling with their ethnic group and there and that nation and like setting up these boundaries so that the conflicts were actually between nations. But then communism came along and made it so that people across different nations and boundaries could unite around a common cause and become a common faction and because a common problem. Now that's not, you know, totally not with all the issues around communism, but that is one of the interesting conflicts it presents with the nation state system as we have it. Now, I think one of the things that we have to appreciate as Americans is that our American way of life, our values, our virtues, our constitutional republic, our representational government, all these things, they're not universally applicable. Not everyone in the world wants it. Not everyone in the world needs it. Not everyone in the world is going to thrive under it. It is specific to us in our context, in our geography, in our history, in our language, in our religion, in our people. And that's why
1: it works for us. It's our thing. You know You know what I absolutely loved? This is, I, 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 there are many things I've done in my life, and there are many things that I've experienced. I'm like, this is amazing. Going to Taksim Square in Istanbul and Istiklal, Amazing. Because I'll tell you this. So you've got Taksim Square. Obviously, the riots and the tear gas was a certainly experience. I wouldn't call it a net positive. You know, people giving you, like, lemon juice to, like, wipe off the tear gas. I don't know if that works. It just made it hurt more. <laughs> but anyway, so that was an experience. But no, no, it was brilliant. When when the conflict wasn't happening, here I am in this, in this beautiful park with people doing their thing. And there are these really old, like, several hundred-year-old uh, uh, baklava shops. And you go in, and they have all these different kinds of, of, of baklava. And It's amazing. So delicious. And they would give you these little things of ice cream with it. And that was something I never got anywhere. I've, I've had baklava in the United States. Not the same. By no, by no stretch. I was there for a couple weeks and I was gaining weight. I was like, this stuff is too good. It's just drenched in sugar syrup. And the desserts they have, they take like grain and they twist it and spiral it and then pour sh- syrup on it. And that was something unique in that experience. And I love that. Walking down Istiklal, this the, Istiklal, this, long stre- uh, this long street. And I'll tell you my, my problem with globalization I had that experience and the, oh man, and the Islak burger. Do you know what that means? Wet hamburger. They take the burger, they like dip it in oh, like, they yeah. get all moist. We gotta make these things. Yeah. Make it, it's like a lamb and then it's like, they put this, this sauce on it and then they steam it and then they wrap it so it gets soggy wow. and it's like a buck and you're all drunk in the middle of the night and you walk in and they just take it out of the heater and give it to you and everyone's just eating them. Amazing. What an experience. And I tell people like, you ever have, an, you ever have like the Islak burger and people are like, whoa, what's that? It's this unique thing. I went to uh, the Bahamas. Get off the cruise ship. And I'm thinking this is going to be so much fun to bask in the culture that is the Bahamas. And you know what I saw? McDonald's. McDonald's, Starbucks, Gucci, Hard Rock Cafe. And I was like... This stuff's next door to me. I don't want to go to the Bahamas for this. So I had to walk into some neighborhoods and try and find a local shop where they're making local food. And I was like, that's the problem. It's going to be like everybody put on your gray jumpsuit, shave your head. Everything's the same. No matter where you go, anywhere in the world, it's McDonald's and Starbucks. Welcome to globalization. Mm -hmm. It strips out the adventure and the uniqueness and the decentralization of the human experience.
0: Agreed. And in fact, we call that global homogenization. And that's something that we think is really bad. And so, therefore, I am in favor of global homophobia. That's what I'm in favor of. Global
3: homo- homo- homogenophobia.
0: Homogenophobia. Homo- yes, exactly. <laughs> My problem with, with globalization is we had a
3: guest on that actually made this point, I think, or you did about someone else that said it, is that it's inevitable. It's going to happen regardless. It is. How is it going to
0: actually not well, inevitable?
3: It, at the rate we're going, the expansion and nah, inter, interlocativity of, of human interaction. yeah no. the, ask Victor. Ask,
0: ask Victor Orban if he believes that global homo, homogenization well, is inevitable. The
3: point is that I think that it might be inevitable, but. How it's gonna happen is, is not, is, is, is variable. So what, it, there's been a pushback against political globalization. People don't want that. People don't want that in the US, the internet. People are terrified of a one world government. So they're going the economic route. They're trying well, that's, to, work it's it. more
0: cultural. It's cultural, like with the movies and the music and the film and the genes and the whiteness and all the things. Those things are exported. You can export them across the pipes. You can, uh, you know, the, the internet pipes up in the satellites and the whole thing. That's everywhere. Have, have you ever been, and dude, I have been to third world countries in backwater villages up the creek down the way where there's like nothing else, but you know what you could get? You get three things. You can get a pack of Marlboros. You get a Coca-Cola. You get a Johnny Walker. You get those anywhere. A Johnny Walker?
3: Oh yeah. Johnny really? Walker. Johnny Walker. It's all poison.
1: I, I tell you this, man, when, I, uh, you know, the being in, in in Egypt during the revolution, you see the McDonald's yeah. three, three blocks away. Yeah, but
3: that, that's
0: that's decades old. That's that's right. it's been that's been everywhere. McDonald's has been in Beijing since you know who knows how long ago. But the most important salient factor in what we're talking about here is the values, the political values, the personal values, the morals, the virtues, the family structure, all these things that we hold dear, the virtues that the country was built upon. I just spent some time studying with the Claremont boys out there in Las Vegas at the fellowship, okay? One of the things that we really were struck by when I'm reading original texts, original texts from the founders, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, all these guys, not only just the, the around the Federalists and the Constitution, but around state constitutions and the discussions around state constitutions, right? So you get real context. It's not just the Federal thing. It's in every state from everybody. And they all firmly believed the couple of following facts. One, that you have to build the government like a coat to suit the individual. okay? It has to be specific to the people. Two, that the American people were a unique set of people bound by language, culture, history, stories, experiences, blood, race, religion, and so forth. And so, therefore, that the American government was built as a coat to suit these unique people. And we can't take that coat. Tim, imagine if we took my jacket and put it on you. I'd be really warm. You'd be really warm and you'd be swimming and you'd be half lost in that thing.
1: I could probably pitch pitch a tent, (laughs) put a stick up, and then just sit under it. Pitch a tent, he said. Get a little fire going. So if
0: you give me your jacket, I put it on, I put it on, I flex, and I bust the seams out like the Hulk. It's the disaster, right? Yeah, but it looks cool in slow motion. So this is what our country was founded. This is not just like one guy's idea. This was the entirety of the people founding our country understood that our people were unique, our history was unique, our language and religion and culture were unique, and the government that we built was unique for those people. So this idea that we can take what we have here for us, a special kind of people, and like just universally apply it across the world is asinine. Well, what do-
3: I mean, I think that we're, we're, we've universally spread a concept globally. where We're globalizing under a currency.
1: Yeah, but that's just the idea of money exists everywhere.
3: Commerce exists
1: everywhere. Exactly
3: on yeah, Earth. But, it but you does. Know, I'll put I'll it put it seems this way: to.
1: I'm fifty fifty. I think there needs to be strong international ties, but there needs to be re- sovereign respect. So what I mean to say is, is respect. there something? Is there something we can do to make sure that a, a country's borders, laws, and customs are respected? And we prevent war. We prevent major, serious international conflict and destruction, and Havana Syndrome or nuclear weapons. (laughs) You know, what's funny is that the wars
0: that we have been involved in are because we want to exert our way of life on other people.
1: I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Here's the problem. It's utopian. The the, yes, I, I think I think globalization is very very likely, and the issue is there are people who are willing to die for their ideology. Or seriously harm others, and there are people who aren't. And you know, the United States is a bunch of hyper individualistic, uh, um, you know, right wing nut jobs in the middle of the woods with a bunch of guns. And I mean that in the best way possible. I mean, like we got a whole bunch of people okay. who are sitting on a pound of, on a mound of beans with guns and be like, "I'm not going to bother you, you. Don't bother me." And I'm like, <laughs> "Right on, brother." Yes. So it's very hard to conquer. That's not everybody though. There are a lot of countries where they're like. You know, my God is the one true God. Therefore, and they're going to they're going to fight and they're going to attack. And then you have communists who have found subversion to be the, the powerful method. And so now you might have that hyper individualistic dude who's you know living in the in the mountains who's minding his own business, respectfully, peacefully, and he's well prepared. But all around him, the cities are falling to subversive ideologies to to submit, to break apart. We have a a relatively decentralized system here compared to many other places. By design, yeah. By by design. And so you can subvert that. And that's what, what communists and Marxists and others have been doing. So ultimately what I see is those who are willing to oppress, lie, cheat, and steal have a major advantage. And they've been winning in that front.
0: And that's because the difference between what we have here and what they have there. And at least at the time of the founding and for most of American existence was that the American citizenry was devout Christian. Okay. And so this is the fundamental issue is that our declaration of independence is based on natural law and natural rights, which come from the creator. And in the Christian belief, the creator is a monotheistic God. So there's only one God. And if you've got other gods, you're wrong. So we have one God, natural law, natural rights, American constitutional republic. That's the direct lineage in the Declaration of Independence, and that's what everybody at the time thought when they signed the thing. And so if you believe at the same time that there's only one God and that everybody else's God is wrong, well, then there's almost a compulsion to spread that ideology to other people. But I think that what we need to do is just respect the fact that other people have different ideas. And I interviewed Alexander Dugan. The Russian philosopher who pushes his his ethnic uh, multipolarity ideas because he believes that people are different based on their geography and their location and their history and who they are inside, etc. And that they evolve into needing different political regimes. People have evolved to need diff- different political regimes. Like the, Ch- like the Chinese, for example, have evolved in their own civilization, in their own context, with their own everything. So they've evolved their own political regime, just like we have here in
1: the West. But population growth will lead to borders pressing on borders. There's no free land anymore for the most part. There's like some There's rock, none. like volcanic rock I was looking at down by Antarctica. Dude, that's like doing unclaimed. the same
0: thing, trying to find unclaimed land. <laughs> it
1: doesn't exist. You can build yeah. islands. Yeah. Sure, sure. But the point is that we've reached it, it used to be like, oh, OK, it's no big deal because there were a lot of places that were just open and send them to the colonies. <laughs> right? Yeah, and and they're ill-defined territories. So yeah. people who are like, people I am not People with
0: claims. Remember when there was just like
1: claims on land? Mm-hmm. Well, we claim this and we claim that. No, I now have, there's nations everywhere. I have a weak so, claim So, on so your now land. what happens when China says, we need to expand. And as we expand, we need more resources. And we can't get access to resource X because it's not within our borders. Let's go ask them for it. What would you want? We'll not give you anything for this resource, but we have to have it. Otherwise, our people are suffering. When a population of any species grows too large and the amount of resources levels out, everyone suffers. You see it in every, every overpopulated species, deer, pigs, turkeys, whatever. They become sickly. They become malnourished. And they fight, become aggressive because there's just enough resources to sustain their current level of population. So then what, what do you think is going to happen to people? When in a country like China with 1.4 billion, they're like, we got to get food somehow. We're importing it from Australia. What happens when these other countries start saying, we're not going to give it to you? Well, we're not going to sit here and die. And now that there's no unclaimed land, someone's gonna to have to give up what they did claim.
0: Well, you bring up an interesting point, which is that every other country around the world shares the perspective that I am putting forth right now, which is that there is no universal morality, no universal virtue, no universal political regime, no universal constitution that should be applied, no universal rights, none of it.
3: No one else believes that except for us. Well, there is a universal thing is economics. It, it no. permeates everything. A no. bank, a bank can, can, Cut your, your account. They can, they can remove you. If you want to talk about disrupting the decentralized union of the United States, yeah, no, communism, but banking. No, they can, I, they can, they I can hear what you're saying.
0: I hear what you're saying. Can we just finish this one thought before we get onto that, which is to say that the Chinese people aren't looking at their Chinese government being like, everybody here needs to be Chinese all around the world. We're going to export Chinese ideology everywhere. No, they're thinking mercantilist. Right. And that's one thing that we haven't woken up to is the fact that China is mercantilist. Their national trade policy is to enhance their national uh, standing and their the good the good uh, benefit to their people. OK, that's wh- why they do trade, which is to make their nation stronger as a nation for foreign policy and national domestic policy issues. But they're not out there trying to say everybody needs to be Chinese Communist Party. No. They're like, we want that food. We're going to go get it, which is a totally different perspective than yeah, but, what we have, which is like we have to end tyranny all around the yeah, world. Yeah, but, but that,
1: that, that idea of anti of tyranny is propaganda. It was it was a way to sell war to people because we want no, to extract no, resources. No, it's
0: definitely not. It's 100% not. It goes all the way back to Woodrow Wilson. It goes back and to the Romans. It goes
3: back. Um, they, they conquered in the name of defense.
0: I, I, will, I will say, at least in America, it goes back to Woodrow Wilson and the initiation of the progressive policy and modernity and scientific method and the improvement of everything can be be reduced, and we can eliminate evil and we can eliminate disease. It's reflected in the COVID zero policies that people have, especially in Australia and what's in in in, in America as well. It's this idea that we can perfect things, perfect things, perfect things. So if there's yeah, evil yeah. out there, we can perfect it.
1: But I, I I disagree. We we did not get involved in Syria because we wanted to bring freedom and Bashar al-Assad was an evil dictator. It's because for a long time we've been trying to build a pipeline. True. the cutter Qatar, the cutter Turkey pipeline in Syria said we will not go against the wishes of our ally Russia, who says no to this because they want more control through through Gazprom, et cetera, et cetera. True. And so then True. Back in two thousand nine, a guardian reported this a couple years later, that the US said we will have ground troops in Syria soon, within the next few years, and then surprise, surprise, when as soon as there's an opportunity for the US to get involved and, and give weapons, it's 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 interesting. You're
0: pointing out we, competing factions. You're pointing well, let me, out competing let me, factions. Let me, let me
1: say something interesting. We in the in the American <laughs> Revolution, the French says the French say we're at war with the British, hey, these colonists are going to help us. Let's supply them with arms. And then it worked and the Americans get independence. In Syria, the U.S. sees this uprising and they're like, and depending on who you ask, by the way, because the, the leftists will say it was a CIA conspiracy from the get go. But they see this opportunity with this uprising and they're like, we should arm some of these people because we don't like Bashar al-Assad. So they intervene to provide resources to the competing faction, hoping that once it topples, we'll be able to build that pipeline. Nothing to do with freedom. Everything to do with opportunistic oil pipeline building.
0: I agree. I agree with that. I think what you're pointing out are competing factions within the United States foreign policy apparatus. You're pointing out factions where people have like monetary monetary excuse me monetary interests at heart but at the same time there is this progressive ideology in our foreign policy in our domestic policy that's reflected in the gender policy and the marxist policy and the feminist policy and the critical race theory policy which is all about like perfecting things and making perfect through science and and the scientific
1: method and like eradicating evil and uh, spreading freedom and all the great things that we have all around the country Did, did you see the report from project veritas about oh, about the, the teacher, the teacher in California who's sure got Mao. He got Mao on his wall. I, sure
0: I, I have 180 days to turn these kids into revolutionaries.
1: Yeah, uh, I think this is one of Veritas's most important stories, to be honest. And, and it's like a, it's like some random dopey dude, but this yeah. is important because you know a lot of us are familiar with the goings on of Google because everyone's got their complaints. The left says, "Oh, it's a monopoly that won't ban hate speech," and everyone's kind of focused on them and complaining. And it's the censorship stuff's overt. But we keep hearing these stories about children being indoctrinated and they say, Oh, that's not happening, it's not happening. Veritas then finds just one one guy, one little old teacher, who comes <laughs> out and says, Here's my antifa flag, here's my Mao poster, and I I tell kids they're bad people that they disagree with me, and then they move further left every single year, and you're like, These people are real and what you don't realize is the one guy they call it's like a cockroach. You see one on the wall, you know what that means there's a thousand more behind it. So for Veritas to expose the one guy is just the beginning. It they, is. Th- there needs to be more exposure to this. But, man, I, I tweeted this out somewhat jokingly. I, <laughs> your I, I Twitter's all jokes. It, it mostly is, but I said, imagine hating your kids so much you send them to college. Right. Because, mm. like, what, what happens to your kids when you send them to these institutionalized learning facilities? Rotted. They shave their heads and, you know, put on mm. weird... rotted clothes and (laughs) so
0: i I, i'm i'm dealing with that right now my daughter is 16 years old she's looking at colleges she's a very successful active junior straight a's varsity athlete can go any college she wants to in, in the country and she wants to go to some pretty powerful universities she wants to be a doctor which is like one of the things that you can't do without doing, without doing the thing,
3: unfortunately, I think you should be able to test into that profession. you should
0: be, but you can't right now, like if you want to be a stock trader, a tech guy, a programmer, a coder, a businessman, a philosopher, a historian, whatever you don't have to go to college to do that STEM. but to but to be a doctor you got to do that so so i have and I would do this ordinarily, but I am just prophylactically, like just blasting her with as much information as I can. So by the time she does get there, that she will at least have a baseline for, to deal with this indoctrination. Have you taught her about compound interest? We haven't talked about compound interest just yet, but I certainly will do that right after this call. But on the topic of the thing with the Antifa guy and the Project Veritas thing, you're absolutely right. That is just the lowest hanging fruit that they were able to scoop up into into identify. There have been reports all across the country. We've got the woman uh, making the kids swear a uh, pledge allegiance to the queer flag in their classroom. Pledge allegiance to the queers, she says. This is on TikTok. It's been widely disseminated. It's not me being hateful or anything. Uh, there is very clear evidence where people say, well, you know what? It doesn't matter that the kids lost learning time and can read more po- you know, poorly today compared to last year because we taught them what a riot was. We taught them what an insurrection was. We taught them what you know white systems of oppression are. So th- all of these people, again, this goes back to exactly what the problem is in Afghanistan, aside from the competing military uh, monetary interests, is that the attention of our education apparatus is focused on the wrong thing the attention of our education apparatus is focused on making these kids into little revolutionaries that pledge allegiance to the queer flag that don't care about reading and math but they only care about learning about rioting and insurrections and that is what is happening so therefore every other concept, every other result is 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 negative because the primary attention is put on the wrong
1: thing it's rot Yes, it institutional is, it rot. Is, it is institutional rot. It is the core foundations that make up the country and our culture are rotting and decaying. And no one, no one. Well, they're
0: being poisoned. They're not just rotting and de- decaying. They're, they're being poisoned. They're being deliberately sabotaged. Right. We have saboteurs among us. That teacher is a saboteur. Right. Okay. Public people will argue with me, but go back to the source documents, folks. The public education system in America was established to to create a sense of patriotism in America. This teacher is being
1: fired. This has been. This was the latest update we have from, po- from yeah. Post Millennial, uh, Antifa teacher set to be fired by school after attempting to radicalize children. Attempting. Apparently, he's been doing it for years. Wow. <sighs> but I'll tell you about. Did these- you look?
0: But, but did you see the T-shirt he was wearing when they confronted him?
1: Oh, when Veritas did? What yeah. was it? It was
0: a freaking sickle.
2: He's <laughs> got the tattoo, dude. <laughs> he yeah, was wearing a, a He's got a tattoo t-shirt. on his chest, bro. Yeah, it's right there. He's, he's
1: got a tattoo on his chest. So uh, the institutional rot. Let me, let me tell you a story. So we at uh, we we TimCast.com are hiring a bunch of fierce and independent journalists. Yeah. We're, Best 10 we're bucks doing, I
0: spend every month. We're mm-hmm.
1: doing a great job. And uh, we had a story about a, a, a truck full of Moderna vaccines crashing. And there was limited inf- information on it. And we, uh, you know uh, we, heard, we thought it was a big deal. And so Tim uh reporters start investigating, figure out what what's going on with this truck. And it's a crazy story. So I tweeted, like, you know, we, we ended up learning from the local emergency response in West Virginia where this happened, that the DOD took over and, and the locals were not allowed to give statements to the press. And I said, wow. Now, the truth is the Department of Defense works with the HHS and they have jurisdiction over vaccine shipments. So when it happened, they're like, hey, we're going to be handling this. So it's not like there was a grand conspiracy or anything. And I never said that. I tweeted out something bad happened. Truck crashes, carrying Moderna vaccine, airspace gets shut down, hazmat comes out, and now the DOD is taking over. And I guess a lot of people immediately assume conspiracies. And what ends up happening is an article gets written claiming that I'm a conspiracy theorist, that I didn't accurately inform any of my followers about what really happened, even though I posted a link to the story. Now, it's something I want to get off my chest and just mention because it was, it was like an example of something affecting me, but I also think it's a good example of institutional rot. That there is someone who knows my story was 100% true, 100% factual, and I never implied there was a grand conspiracy. I genuinely was like, whoa, a vaccine truck flipped over. This is crazy. The DOD's on it. Isn't that crazy? We were worried, like, did they lose a shipment of vaccine Because they weren't telling us. And then we got a statement saying, don't worry, we were able to recover all the vaccines. I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't implying that, like, aliens were coming or any crazy stuff. But someone had to write about it. And they had to twist it and frame it in such a ridiculous and absurd way. That people who will read that will have their minds warped. That is just one example I experienced re- recently, but I'm sure everybody knows the examples of how the media lies, cheats, and manipulates like Shinzo Abe and Trump when he throws the fish food in, they fake it, or the very fine people hoax. And so what's happening now, and the reason why I think you see these schools focusing on the wrong thing, is it's, the whole system of our institutions has been twisted and corrupted by an every, you know, by, by uh, the most absurd and extreme hyper-individualism. There's no national unity, there's no sense of community, there's no scruples, this writer at this, at this news outlet didn't say to himself, I can't write that. That's not true. He went, how can I twist this in the worst way possible to get some clicks? Because I don't care about what happens to this country. I don't care what happens to my community. I don't care what happens to the people. These, these schools bring these people in and, and these principals and these, and these superintendents, the ones who haven't been truly indoctrinated, are like, I'm not gonna stick my neck out when this teacher does this stuff, because why should I put myself on the line for the sake of the future of this country, our children? And what ends up happening then is over a, a decade of this happening, eventually the people running the institutions are in the cult and their, they, their minds are warped and twisted, and then they seek out more of it. The way I, I view this problem, The easiest way to understand it is to look up the YouTube video of Hitler with a woman's body doing Tai Chi with the Incredible Hulk where where nursery rhymes are being sang. I'm
3: going to do that right now. Because
1: this video exemplifies the broken, fractured, algorithmic dystopia that we're living in. These videos were going viral. People were making them because the algorithm was feeding them to babies. That is something. So we, we as adults can see that video and say, this is insanity. Why are children being fed this video? babies can't understand that because they have no frame of reference. They just see this and that's life. For the rest of us, spending 10 years going through the broken media ecosystem, the lies, the fake news, and the algorithmic manipulation, we can't tell. Adults who, who live in it are the same as the babies being born into it. We can see the one thing because it's so crazy. We can't see the crazy in front of us. Now, obviously, I think people watching the show, people like us are initiated. And what I mean by that is we're discerning. We see something and say, I want to challenge that, and I want to see how that how that stands up to scrutiny. Then you look at all these people who, who all of a sudden are, I, I tell you this, man, you know, it breaks my heart is the hacker community going woke, mm. full-on authoritarian dogma, and I'm like, hackers were anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian, totally like agnostic, and now the whole, it, it's just becoming more and more woke, and I'm seeing people say, like, here's what you have to say, here's what you can't say, and I'm like, we're changing the words of code, and I'm... It's just they've, they don't understand. They're living in this fractured, rotted, and broken, collapsing system. They can't see through it.
0: I, I agree I agree 100% on everything you said, especially that, that really uh, very descriptive phrase that you used, the algorithmic dystopia, right? But there's a deeper fundamental issue here. It goes even farther back than that, and I just started to get into it a second ago about education. When the founders created this country, they realized that liberty did not mean the freedom to do whatever you wanted. It meant the freedom to do what you should do, Do what you ought to do, to do the right thing. And so they thought, okay, we're going to give people freedom. So at the same time, we also need to teach them what they ought to do. John Adams very clearly said that this constitutional republic that we have is only suited for highly virtuous, moral, and religious people. They also said at the same time across every colony and every state constitution and in the federal papers and in the the letters of all the founders. They said we need to establish public schools in order to teach patriotism, virtue, morality, in order to create a people suitable for the government that we have created. Fast forward to where we are today. The education system today. when you try to think that it should teach patriotism or love of country, you would get laughed out of the freaking room. Right, Or the idea that the people can just come in and teach communism and Marxism and anti-American hate and CRT and 1619 stuff in our public schools. Or the idea that we're going to be a nation made up of a majority of atheists. I am not a Christian. I haven't been baptized. I'm very sympathetic and I'm very interested and I'm reading the Bible and I understand its value. But at the time of the founding, they didn't even conceive of the possibility of a widespread atheism. So the country has been created in a way that required this, that, and the other guardrail, institution, education, morality, religion, and they have all been wiped out. And so what we're left with now is a constitution that, that, that promotes not just liberty to do what you ought, but freedom for licentiousness.
1: The, the easiest way, I think, for people to understand this is just to reference the replicators in, in Stargate SG-1 <laughs> when SG-1 created the disruptor device – the replicators, of course, the humanoid replicators, were made up of nanobots, and the disruptor device severed the communication between each nanobot within the greater replicator, causing it to disintegrate into a pile of metal shards. Basically, so uh, I'm I'm half kidding. Understanding mm-hmm. it's probably very esoteric, and I've been watching a lot of Stargate lately, but the point is
0: MacGyver's good.
1: Imagine you have the founding of this country; it was a bunch of different colonies that didn't much get along in a lot of ways, but right. un- did enough. They fought a lot, right? And had their own cur- had their own currencies. Yeah. And then the Constitution came about after the fact because there were a lot of issues and, and a lot of smart people came together and said, yo, let's compromise and figure this out together. And boy, was that, was that really amazing. And then a shared story started to emerge. And all of the different states eventually fought each other because they, they were about to break apart. Then there was the, the famous line from National Treasure, a, a truly a great philosophical uh, piece with uh, Nicolas Cage where he said, before the, civil, before the Civil War, people would say the United States are... And after the Civil War, they would say the United States is. Hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a good it's, it's a good way to understand that after this point, or at some point, people started to view each and every state as together hmm. and fighting for the common good and the same goals. And someone from New York would be like, "Ah, those you know those country folk, but we're rallied together around a lot of common ideas." Yeah. Now we are very much like those nanobots being stripped apart. Yes. There is the, the 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 individuals no longer are forming a greater community.
0: No social cohesion. Hmm. Okay. We have no social cohesion. And up until the 1960s and 70s, it was very easy to maintain national cohesion because you had just a handful of people giving you the stories that you were supposed to listen to and believe. You had Walter Cronkite sitting up there basically at a pulpit, preaching to the entire country, telling people what to think, what to believe, what to feel, what stories to venerate, what heroes to have, what myths to entertain. And then now with technology... And we're, we're as guilty of participant of anybody is that instead of one guy telling everybody what to think and creating social cohesion that way, we've got a million people talking to a million people with a million different stories. And now we have no social
1: cohesion
3: because of it and it's
1: it's it's tv static and
3: a a big part of the static is if if people were all telling real things it would be a lot easier but it's the misinformation that's sewn in that's causing massive dissension and confusion but it's but
0: it's not to say that up until the internet that there wasn't disinformation there was plenty of it it's just that we
3: all suffered it at the same time so it it
0: created our own own social cohesion in that way
3: Right, right. The newspaper would have to be vetted. People would say, "Okay, this we're double checking this, we're double checking this, everything." But then, of course, it would be like, "And there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq." <laughs> right? So, they lied all the time, and mm-hmm. I think that the yes. reality for people is they just woke up to how bad the lies were. Yes,
1: you know, there there was a report. I I was in uh, in Kiev during the uh, Euromaidan stuff. Oh, this is a
0: new story for me, Tim. That's
1: right. Let's and go. Uh, I was on the ground with Vice, <laughs> and we were reporting on a protest when I think it was Channel Four in the UK put out a story where this woman was narrating what was going on and she was incorrect. And so I tweeted, hey, you guys are, are incorrect. I'm, we're here on the ground reporting for Vice. This is what's really happening. And they basically just said so. Mm. They didn't care that what they reported was fake. They just don't care. There, You see, there are some people that have a yearning to understand and share the stories they, they, they've they they've learned, to share the information, and to just inform. They're, 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 real journalists are like, Here's what happened. Do do what you will with it, but we also have a lot of people who are just like,
3: it's a job. I don't know. They wanted me to read the script. I don't care what it says. It just keeps making me think that better of this term, better men. A lot of times when you come around, Jack, because these the founding fathers talked about a, a better men would take care, would run the country basically. And I feel like we're born plebes, and if our parents are better men, we're, we have the opportunity to be fast tracked to become a better man. But otherwise, we just grow up as plebes. The internet, obviously, you can study and, and research, but like, is it real that there's like a tiny, tiny group of co- like cogent, critical thinking, better men, and that everyone else is just dumb animals? Nope. Kinda. Like, <laughs> are not, we are we, are yeah, we here's a question to live in this? Here's a question for you guys, because I know you can transcend those. What's what? Wh-
0: what is more? Where where are you more likely to find virtue, in one man, in a few men, or in all men?
4: That's chumbacasino. dot No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms
1: and
3: conditions. Eighteen plus.
4: One. Ah,
0: so you're a monarchist.
3: I think that if you have a crowd of a hundred people, well, that's a that's a hard question to answer because there's a lot of ways to answer it. This is the fundamental political philosophical but, question. Right. The odds that a bunch of people have the same virtue is not as likely. Not Th- the
0: same. There, there, There's no difference of virtues. Well, there's, there's only seven, virtues. There's seven
3: virtues, right? Right. There's virtues. There's seven. There's charity. There's diligence. There's courage, honor, loyalty. I don't think. Are these the Catholic virtues you're talking about? Well,
0: there's different ones. There's ones that you can. There's spiritual ones. And then there's ones that you can do in like sort of practical world. Right. So what, Submission. What, what's what's the
3: right answer to that question?
0: Well, it depends. Whatever your answer to that question is, is the form of government that you think is appropriate. Gee, I'm, I'm if an if, autocrat, if, if man, we thought if we thought that. that there was virtue most likely to be found in the masses, then you would just go with a straight democracy. But not even the founders of our country thought that they thought that the people would lead to tyranny.
1: They were. They were right. They're direct right. Democracy doesn't work. So
0: you don't. Okay. So we're, for, we ruled out democracy. Now we're down to representative. Maybe republicanism. and we maybe we can go to like uh, aristocracy, oligarchy, or we can go to monarchy.
3: I think it's a much more sustainable <sighs> to have a group of virtuous people than to have one. We, it's, founding it's, it's fathers question, with a virtuous document. Founding fathers, smart fellows. Yeah, smart. They, they put they the power like, on the paper. They, they walked. Well, away they're from
1: they're like it. you know should we have a monarchy just like you know a, pro, a king? And they're like, mm, but then there are these problems. Okay, what about like a council of elders? Well, what about these problems? How about direct democracy? Well then you get this. How about we do all three? And they all yell at each other. And they're right. like, that's actually pretty clever. Right. You know?
0: Right. And they, I mean, it's very complicated when you layer it on top, <laughs> especially the way that it was back then. It's a little less complicated now because you actually vote for the senators or whatever. But like the senators were supposed to be the House of Lords. They were, that's supposed, right. they were supposed
1: to be like the landed
0: aristocracy, the well, oligarchy.
1: Kind of. It was that you would vote for local representatives who would then appoint a senator to go and represent your state to the federal government and actually think that was better. Yeah. Because... It wasn't that they were the House of Lords. Like in the UK, you're just a Lord and, you know, you're, a, you're, you're, yeah. you know, then they have religious people who are appointed as well. It was that I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my, you know, little town and, and Jack Murphy says, vote for me for state representative. And I'll make sure we get a good senator go to the federal government. And I'm like, makes sense to me. And then people paid attention to the local level by changing the Senate ele- elections. I think the 17th amendment, is it 17th? By changing it to a popular vote in the state. Now, people stopped caring about their local elections. They, they slowly began to stop caring about local issues. Wow. They started, uh, you know, oh, I'll vote for this guy. He'll take care of it. And now you get the insane phenomenon of people running for Congress going, if you vote for me for Congress, I'm going to clean up this town. No, you're not. You're going to the federal government. You're going right. to vote on wars and stuff. You're going to you're, not gonna
3: you're moving to Georgetown, buddy. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it what are you talking about? Did you hear AOC talking to that group of people, like five people or something? They're like, what are you going to do for me? It was like a month old, but it was just really grating to see how she's been separated from those people for now for a while they're
0: sent to washington to do washington things they don't act well i would be much happier actually if the congressional representatives from state districts went to congress and worried about federal issues the problem is is that they go to congress and they 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 bring federal money back to their local district that's the actual problem
1: it's supposed to be that you you operate on the local level yeah. And it's and it, it, it slowly moves up and federal, uh, when when you vote for someone for Congress someone running for Congress should be like if you vote for me I'll vote to end wars. I'll vote for lower taxes or, or things like that or stronger borders for this country. Instead they're like, I'll make sure that the homeless problem in our state or in our town I'll we'll bring that
0: up. Northrop Grumman factory here to our state and I'll get that federal program and that federal thing and that but, let,
1: but let's And the Bills never get out of committee and then Nancy Pelosi comes in and says you're just impeaching Trump and they go, Okay Pelosi.
0: But let's go back to the first question, which is where are you most likely to find a virtuous man or woman? And I can hear Curtis Yarvin ooh, ooh. in my in my ear telling me that we just need a monarchy or a, C- a <laughs> monk, Caesar of some monk kind. temple, yes. A monk temple,
2: a monastery. Look, yes, a monastery. Yeah. Men, yeah.
0: men above time. This is a this is if you want to Google that, go for it. But men above time are people that are separated and distant from the current daily goings ons, and who can live a life of 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 uh, contemplation. And philosophy and politics, and you know there there is some there is some value to that. And you know, when you're distracted with the day to day material urges of the world, it's hard to be uh, able to, to you know, philosophize in such a way that's best
3: for everyone without your own personal stuff getting in the uh, way. Honestly, I don't think any man can be virtuous by nature. I think we're all corrupt and, mm-hmm. and prone to corruption. We all need to eat. We all need to destroy life to consume it to survive. Like that's nastily corrupt from the beginning that's why they say how humans it, are dirty humans are sinful if that by nature. Is nature well it's it's destructive it's 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 vile it's considered evil to the creature being destroyed you know i suppose it's terrifying to be, to have to eviscerate an animal and drink its blood to survive. But that's what humans are. If you're not a predator, are.
1: if you're not a predator,
3: it's not terrifying. It's the perfectly most but, natural. But yeah, we are no, predators. No, see, I, I, Ian, I think it's because you've been insulated. You live in a bubble. We all have. I've been I've been eating the flesh of the animals that I never saw killed. Exactly. Right.
1: Exactly. So right.
3: there's a lot of people who grow up in the countryside who, they their little
1: kids, their dad hands them a gun and says, "You know, point it down, keep your finger off the trigger, and we're going to go hunt some turkeys." And that's then right. they watch so it happen.
3: By That's by nature. We're hunters, killers, you know. Yes. I, I
1: remember watching this old science video where it, show, it was talking about evolution and it was talking about like plankton and, and plant cellular life. And then it was like, and then one cell attacked another and yeah. it absorbed it. And I was like, and that was the, the beginning of predation and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, I mean, it's kind of crazy that there are plants, right? Chilling, minding their own business, just doing their thing. They're like, I'm going to grow right here because this is where I am and then they grow and they're like I get my energy from the from the, the carbon from the air and the and the and the light from the sun and I'm just minding my own business building my own chemical structure and then along comes some some chicken and the chicken walks up and just goes round rips it off that that's so violent and that poor innocent plant well yeah that's life right are we going to sit here and be like animals should stop eating plants cuz
3: plants didn't do anything to anybody or are we going to be like we you know we eat plants and we eat animals right that is life so knowing that then we have to decide who's going to be in charge is it going to be a human? Because they're vicious and they're hunters and they're killers, and they need to survive. And they need to kill to eat. Are, do you want that person lording over you and your family?
0: Yes, because they understand how I survive. Thank you very much. Are, <laughs>
3: but they don't even know who you are in this country. That's the problem. This is the problem. It used. I
1: think you know. I think it was you said the family is communist, right? Or you were quoting somebody. Yeah, I was quoting uh,
0: Taleb on that.
1: Right. It, it's 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 a really great idea to say that at the smallest levels, yes. leftism is perfect, and right. then as you scale up it just makes no sense as it gets bigger and bigger it's idealistic it's utopian and it'd be fantastic but once you have different you know cities that have different interests and different needs there's going to be conflict because people don't want to die so i'll put it this way you hear these stories about uh, you know a shark attacking a swimmer and they're usually like either the shark was confused or desperate there was a uh, uh, you know we we had daniel turner here and he was talking about how the the, the foxes have been going after his chickens mm. and he was like normally they won't do it now they are and i'm like they're getting desperate The foxes don't want to go near your house. They're scared of your house. But when they have nothing left to lose, they have to make, they have to do something. Humans have similar uh, situations where our country says we have low food stores. We have low energy. We have low of this material that we need for our people. We're getting desperate. What do we do? And if they can't get it from anybody else, war breaks out, just like animals fighting.
0: I, I agree with that. Resource competition has been a driver of conflict for a long time. But in the United States, the the conflict driver is our factions and our different factions come from our different faculties.
1: Inside the United States. Inside the United
0: yeah. States, yeah. Yeah, so, I
1: I well, so ideology is I think for the most part unique to the to, to humans. Although we have seen tribal warfare among uh some lower primates. Or yeah. I, I I don't oh, yeah, think I mean, like, higher primates like, you know apes. Yeah, they sure. fought each other. Yeah. and that Chimpanzees. Might, and that might be a very, very rudimentary ideology, but I don't think comes close to what ideology actually is meant to represent. Humans are literally going to be standing there and, and someone's going to be like, I think Marx was right. And then someone else is going to be like, you're nuts. And then he's going to pull out, you know, his, his, you know, stone. And but a, but, uh, but
0: oh. even before we get to competing ideologies, within our own ideological system, there is inherent competition based on the varying faculties of men. And by that, I mean each individual man has different capabilities, different interests, different uh, ways that they can get things accomplished in the world. And so, therefore, they're going to have rooted interests in their faculties. And because we have different IQs and different capabilities and people are taller and shorter and stronger, or more inclined to economics or real estate or agriculture or whatever, as those people gain power, then their interests become factions, and those factions become competitive within the United States. And that's one of the reasons why Madison wanted us to have such a wide-ranging expanse of a republic so that there wouldn't be a, a dominant faction
3: within the United States. But then F- Woodrow Wilson basically mm-hmm. legalized the faction of, of Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan, Federal Reserve, military-industrial complex. They built the school system. Like That's basically a faction.
0: Don't say the school system. Again, the school system was founded at the time of the founding for the purpose of I, creating I patriotic Rock, fervor in the United States. So wait, 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 wait. you're, into saying, like you're a, saying
1: the schools were created to indoctrinate kids?
0: Yes. In American love of America. That's Logical right. Legions. But from what right. I've learned, and I've never gone too And that's deep. not... But, you you i i use I, I to a friends so i could say this but you say that so smugly to, to irritate me because you're making a point it's sarcasm. <laughs> it's sarcasm. I know. it's sarcasm i'm not trying like, to irritate you i'm trying to
1: you're, i'm trying to flip the perspective on right. what it means to, right. Right. to do but, this right but
0: you're saying like oh it's to indoctrinate kids into loving america i know okay. you're just making a point but yeah. like yes okay,
3: that's okay, exactly so is, the point john and we need that the, in 1903 the, the, on, john, john D Rockefeller
1: the reason i bring this up is that we, uh, you know, I've been mentioning a lot that principle isn't necessarily the issue. It's the, it's it's often the subject or the or, or the specific ideology, and that's why you might see a lot of people who are immediately called hypocrites. If you say the indoctrination in schools is bad, and then you're like, well, the schools are supposed to indoctrinate people, but towards what I want. And then they say, well, the school should indoctrinate people towards what I want. Yeah. And, and it, that's where the clash happens. Indeed. You're both fighting over the ideology. It, crash. In
3: 1903, Rockefeller founded the General Education Board, which provided major funding for schools across the country. And so basically, this his faction. Okay. Took the okay, okay, okay. But that.
0: that's 140 years after or even yeah. more than that, after the establishment of public schools for the purpose of creating patriotic citizens yeah, who co-op. are familiar with virtues and Republican government.
3: Yeah, well, I and, guess it's more he amalgamated his no, he stole, his, um, it. he stole it. His like get ring when the bell rings, you get up, you have to go to class, or you'll be penalized. Like show up, sure. take the test. Um, sure, but this on top is, of know, this the whole like good, moral thing,
0: this is a good that's a good distinction because I make this argument on Twitter often, and people are like, "No, I was industrial people, and they wanted to train you to work in factories and whatever, whatever." Fine, that may have happened later, but public schools are designed to build patriots that function well in our patriotic system period that they, was wanted, the they goal. wanted
1: they wanted social cohesion yes when the kids because are all because this brought government up on this needs i'm sorry this ki- this government needs a particular kind of person well so, th- so this is what happens when you have 13 colonies and they don't really agree with each other on a lot other than independence and they need to, st- they're saying to themselves, we need to plant a tree whose shade we know we will never sit beneath. Mm-hmm. That is, raise our children to understand the values that we have set forth and why it's a good thing. And everyone growing up should understand what, you know, blood and treasure was sacrificed for this independence.
0: Oh, man, you mentioned blood and treasure. Holy cow. If we, Abraham Lincoln said that if you violate the law, you disrespect the blood shed by your forefathers. I don't agree with that.
3: <laughs> Not all laws are good. Uh, law does not equal virtue. The Constitution, let's say. Okay. He didn't say that, though, right? He, he did. He, he violated
0: He He specifically was talking about just law in general and love of country.
3: He was a lawyer, and he did have to do that. He had to become an autocrat to State, keep the union together. To keep the union. Yeah. Yeah, but the point is, is that we
0: here right now are having this conversation because people that came before us sacrificed their lives, their sons, their treasure, their wives, their family, their homes, all of it. And to disrespect the law that they created and the country that they created after that is to disrespect them. And that is what his foundation of political religion was, which was the idea that he had that he wanted to animate the country with political religion, a love of country, a love of the Constitution, a respect for the people that died for it. Because as time goes on, you forget. He made a address to this thing called the Lyceum. Uh, I want to say it was around like 1830 or 1840. And at that time, he identified the fact that it had been sufficient enough time that all of the the actual founding fathers were dead and all the revolutionaries were dead. And all the guys who lost sons and families and fathers, they were all dead. So by 1840, 1850, nobody remembered the fact that all these people died for what
3: we've got.
1: I saw an interesting tweet from Michael Malice. Man, we shot this guy out. Who's Michael Malice? We him he's a comedian. Heard of he's a writer.
3: <laughs> really funny guy. But it's just really good. And, uh, Michael Malice. Yeah. It was, it was,
1: it was an, idea, uh, an idea he tweeted out, and then I just <laughs> elaborate, <laughs> elaborated <laughs> upon that. <laughs> <laughs> by, by, by mere uh, virtue of your existence proves that victory is not only possible, but that it's already happened before. Yeah, it seems like that. Oh. And, 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 so, so that's something. I, yeah, and I'm basing it off of what he was tweeting. And, and what I mean by that is there's been so much evil in this world. The rise of communism, the dictators, the, the murderers, the Nazis, the fascists. And here we sit today doing a show about American values, freedom, and liberty, which proves not only have we won in the past, but here we are able to continue this, which means victory
3: is not only possible, but it already Dude, happened. We constantly do things that are challenging and hard. Like I, I tweeted out I think, yesterday, if you only ever did what was easy for you, you would have just laid there. You never would have gotten... You would have laid there until you died. Like, we're always struggling to learn how to do something new and to change our environment. That's ultimately I, what we're tools for. I, I love this quote. It's like, uh, of course the shortcut is hard. If it was easy,
1: it would just be the way.
4: Mm.
1: You know what I mean? So it's like everything we're doing. If the, if we we're doing the easiest thing imaginable, it's it's it's, it's not challenging. It's just the normal... But for all of us that are fighting for something, that believe in something, that are challenging something,
3: of course it's hard. It has to be. But but definitely possible. That's the point. Uh, all I'm not these saying impossible. That, I'm, I'm saying yeah, hard. these things that seem insurmountable. I think it's because we're looking at big picture a lot of times, like CRT, and everyone's like, I don't. Where do you even begin? But when you break it down to like the local level, and then you see like teachers union or a group of teachers are are revolting, or this guy's getting removed, this. This teacher's getting yeah. removed for good.
0: Thing to see that that guy wearing the sickle, who's got the antifa and the Black Lives Matter and all that communist stuff, who says he's got 180 days to turn the kids into revolutionaries, he's getting fired. Yes. The woman that said pledge allegiance to the queers, she's getting fired.
1: Pressure. Okay. That's so an offensive
0: statement. It is a very offensive yeah. statement to everybody. <laughs> it, to everybody and anyone, and you know, it. Look, uh, standing for the Pledge of Allegiance in school right now is not super cool, depending on where you live. My son told me a story about he's literally the only one in his class who stands every morning and wow. recites the pledge. Wow. Everyone else I was the only there. kid not doing that when I was little. Right? Because that was kind table. of the table. cool thing to do. But you know what? Now the rebellious thing to do is to stand up and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States and to the republic for which it stands, one nation divided. Is it under God? Africa, under God? One, one nation God? divided. One, <laughs> one nation united under God. I can't remember. Indivisible. I'm, I'm indivisible. kind of weirded so, out by the you.
3: God thing in the. In it was added in the 50s. It was added in the 50s, in The, 50s, yeah. the, the mm. Under God and on the Constitution, your rights are from God. But I'm like, that's just... Why are kind of like,
0: you weirded out by it? It's literally in the Declaration of Independence upon which this government was founded.
3: Because I think... Well, we talked about this before. I wish you were here when we had the first time. That our rights are just... We just earned them through warfare. We took them by force. No, they're given preserve. to you by God. That's what they... Some magic thing they wrote in there to be like, and if anyone ever messes with you, law. just say you can never... And it's like, no, this didn't exist before. You not created yet. it. What do you we this idea of American
1: freedom. We talked about this. You don't understand what right means. The, the government infringing upon your rights doesn't mean you don't have rights. It means the government is infringing upon them.
3: Yeah, I, I think the idea so of, we, that you have a right to anything in this reality is, is absurd. Are right, you, so Are you
0: born with the right to defend yourself?
3: i mean i have i'm born with the ability no, no the, technically no because you're a baby with no abilities you just lay that's there, an but,
0: ability but not a right
3: i have no rights as a as a small infant you have no right perceive yourself there, in you the state are, of you know?
0: nature with no government around you, you and there's people die. there's yeah. people around you and you're all around you does anybody would anybody look at you and say to you sir that you don't have the right to
3: defend yourself well i mean if uh if i've done something wrong i'm no, okay. the answer okay. is no. I think in a, in a society, that word right might not even exist. Don't even use the word it society. Would, would just just be,
0: imagine a bunch of dudes in anarchy.
3: Yeah, they would they would probably fight.
0: But would they look at you and be like, you have the right to defend yourself? No,
3: I don't think that word would even enter that lexicon into a mind of barbarians. Huh? So, Ian, if, if you're staying in the middle of the woods <sighs> and some guy
1: runs up screaming with a pointy <laughs> stick, would you just go, oh, well,
3: guess I'll die? I'm not saying because these things might... I'm not saying that they—they're not good things. These ideas are great. All right, so but the fact question. that they're given from God. Okay, what was your question again? If you're standing in the middle of the woods and a guy's running at you screaming with a stick, would you go? I have no right to. do that No, I would jujitsu his ass and put my knee no, on the whoa, back whoa, whoa, of his neck. Whoa, 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 You have no right to do hey, that. Hey, I get to answer your question however I want. Good. You right. have a right you, you, to do that. You have no right to do that. No, neither of us have a right. We you just do did. Do have a right to do that? No oh, one. No, would I have fault the ability. You. It's not a right. What is this right? What does it even mean? What 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 do you mean? Bro, you're making semantic no, arguments I, well, that have nothing to I'm do with... I'm being it. very literal. Um, right. Legal rights... No, we're not talking about legal rights. We're talking about natural rights. Natural rights? Yes. Natural. Like, in other countries, they aren't natural.
0: That's the point. Well, it's because they're also mon- monotheistic. Some of them are pagans. Some of them are different But guys. that doesn't Some mean they're
3: wrong. It just means it's a different view of what is natural.
0: In order to live, you must defend yourself. If you can't live, then you don't exist. You have a right to defend yourself. That's the first most fundamental
1: right that you have. A right is a legal, social, or ethical principle of freedom or entitlement. Ethical. Mm -hmm. Rights are fundamental normative rules about what is allowed of people or owed to people according to some legal system, social convention, or ethical theory. Rights are of essential importance in such disciplines as law and ethics, especially theories of justice and deontology. They're different everywhere.
3: Every country is different. Every ethic or <laughs> e- ethical form has different So we're back to our original discussion,
0: which is that monotheistic uh, gods gave us natural law and natural rights, which gave us the United States of America. That's why it's not universally applicable, because there's other countries around the world and other places, other people that don't have the same perception of God and don't have the it's, same perception it's, of it's, life. It's,
1: it's really simple. Again, Ian, you're confusing infringement with existence of rights. clarify that please you're arguing that because someone with power would suppress your rights your rights don't exist that's not true no no if you're if you are captured in war yeah okay you can physically defend yourself from your capture captors even though they will beat you and try and stop you and they will take they will tie your hands behind your back and continue beating you and you can still resist you have a right no you have the
3: ability to do it doesn't give you the right that doesn't exist in a POW camp Yes,
1: it literally does. There are no
3: rights in a POW camp. Yes, there no, are. You just you're, there. You don't beaten. understand
1: what a right is. You're confusing and If you're like, you're
3: violating my human right, my basic human... They're like, what? Who is this? Thi- what is this thing? And they're beating you with so a So again, K. you're talking about the infringement of rights versus of course, the existence of rights. But they don't understand that person doesn't... doesn't so it doesn't exist to them. So it's like for you to say, because I believe it, it, it okay, is okay, real let, for let, you okay, too, okay, even so, though Ian, you don't understand if, Now, if you attack...
1: The the, the, the the soldier keeping you there, will he defend himself? Likely.
3: But he has no right to do that. No, but he has the ability to and probably he should has, to preserve his own skin. Ev- of course he has the right to defend himself. He has the... Uh, I mean, okay, now we're just... You talk don't about know rights what a and right abilities. Is. I'm but talking, rights are legal things. And you do this all the time. You make semantic arguments. You just arguments. said that rights are legal things. No, no. no. Natural, are legal,
1: natural. Natural. Legal, social, rights. or ethical assumptions. Natural basically.
0: rights come from
3: natural law, which comes from God.
1: And you do this a lot when you lose an argument. You make a semantic change to the argument. I don't think
3: there's going to be a winner or a loser to this. We're just talking about it.
1: But, but rights literally do exist. There's like
3: the golden rule, and, and there's
1: like, there are certain rules that transcend all civilizations. Yeah, but that doesn't like, always, the
3: golden rule only works in certain types like, of civilizations. Like,. It doesn't work if everyone's cheating. So
1: there are bad people. There are good people. There are an infringement infringement of rights, and rights exist regardless of whether someone tries to suppress them. I don't
3: don't agree with that. I think that rights only exist because we tell ourselves they exist.
2: So, Ian, I think you actually have a point, but I wanted to read to you a little bit about natural law. Because natural law is an idea in, sorry, it's a theory in ethics and philosophy that says that human beings possess intrinsic values that govern our reasoning and behavior. And this is something that is understood to exist in almost every single human civilization. These are overarching ideas. This is like the understanding that murder is wrong. It's like the understanding that marriage is a societal good. Not true in every society, but commonly understood in most of them. So this ties directly into the idea of rights as being something understood, governed by natural law. So you should look at, like, natural rights as they grow out of natural law. It's something that is over most society, not strictly uh, like we use in our... Judeo-Christian society here. And I think I think, I think what Jack put was.
1: it. I think Jack put it well about th- what you need to be able to do in order to survive and function, which yeah. is a natural, a natural right.
3: They've essentially codified that into a structure. A lot of was kind of the Ten Commandments, is what he was doing. Like these, if you follow these, you'll probably survive for a long time, and so will, all, will all our species. And so then the Americans were like, okay, let's make a government out of that and tell everyone these are like uncorruptible parts of you, and that's if we believe that, then they become on un- it. But only because the government, by gun force, is, is commanding that, is that able to exist. If no. you're in the middle of the
1: woods no. and you're buck naked, Opposite. you can speak freely, you can move freely, you can defend yourself. No one can stop you. Yeah, but there's no law, though. There's no, what is that there's to do no rights in the Bro, government. Bro, the no, law the
0: is to restrict the government, not people. How many times do we have to say that?
1: You mean the Bill of Rights or the Constitution? But
0: all the laws in America is to restrict, well, yes, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, the idea of natural law, whatever. This is to restrict the government from impin- infringing upon the rights that you have
3: innately. That's what they tell you. That's my, my argument is that I don't think innate I don't think people innately have any right to anything. We just we were fortunate to be born into a society where we So we're we a do. total will to power guys. I mean if it. if you were thrown if we were thrown into the jungle alone naked, what the hell there is no natural right. It what is What are you talking about? We survive. just survive. Can-
1: yeah so you can defend yourself from predators you can yeah, say whatever not because you i want, have a right to it it's freely. because what the
3: hell i'm doing it like in
0: order to exist as a human being you have to defend yourself
3: yeah that's for real so yeah. ian
0: that's what we're talking about right? if, if you, you don't about laws
1: and if rights, you don't so think the right exists that means you would just lay down whenever threatened
3: no the law lo- calling it a law and saying it's like who said it, law you just said if you don't think the law exists oh I'm sorry like if
1: you if you don't think rights exist then you would just lay down and die whenever you were attacked by a predator
3: saying that defending yourself the act of no defending right yourself means chicken. that you enacted a right i think is is fallacy just because you defend yourself doesn't mean you're enacting any kind of Exerting. human right yeah That's just because you're, you're literally difference. exercising your right when you defend yourself no, you're exerc You're defending yourself. You're not. I mean, in the United States, you would you be know exercising your opinion, right. in a country opinion. where you're not allowed to defend yourself, like North okay, Korea. We're done. We're done because you're just arguing semantics. Well, we have yet to begin, Tim, because no, in North Korea, you don't have the right to defend yes, yourself you against do. the North Korean guy. They just beat you and, and infringe on your right there's no rights. There's no rights there. They don't have rights. Just, they don't have human rights.
2: So this is what they're saying when they say that the rights are given by God. This means that the government should not ever infringe your right to defend yourself. Ever, ever, ever. This is no, what no, the no. founding fathers the, meant. The
1: Constitution says the government can't do that. But other governments do that. Yeah. But a human being in any circumstance when threatened has the right to defend itself, as does every other creature on the planet when threatened. Just because a bear can hold down the fox and the fox is struggling doesn't mean the fox doesn't have the right to defend itself. It doesn't have
3: the right. <laughs> you, you, you don't know what the words it, mean. It, okay. It, Let's
1: just go to capable. super chance. Yeah, maybe Ian, I don't. Because we defined it.
0: First time, long time listener, first time caller. Here's ten dollars. <laughs> can I have your attention? Are now? you telling yes. me God gave you the power? <laughs> yes. You're saying God they're, gave they're, you the
3: power, Jack? Are you kidding to defend me? yourself, Ian?
1: Yeah. You think God did that? Come there on. are there are fundamental base truths that we understand very simply, and what I mean is, obviously, we can get into the nuance and complexities of how glass shatters. But typically, when you throw a rock at a window, it breaks. There's nuance there. I understand that. Typically, a bear, when hungry, will eat something to to feed itself. There are basic things we understand to be true. There, there, there are rules as to how they define what life is. And there are basic functions as to how that life pr- propagates. In fact, there are some plants that defend themselves. Because if you have no right to self-defense, meaning a fundamental f- uh, entitlement to your ability to stay alive then you would cease to exist because your lineage, your DNA would just collapse. Meaning everything that exists today exists because it had a right to survival.
3: No, that's not wh- we didn't have rights before You know, we invented them. Things, yes, it, things survived that's and propagated whole, because no, you're talking about like parameciums in the tide pool. They didn't have rights. They didn't have a basic paramecium rights. They just survived. The ones that ate the food survived and the ones that didn't, didn't. Deaden- So the point is arising from the fact
1: that everything that survived fought for its survival, we recognize a fundamental naturally occurring entitlement existing within life forms to try to stay alive. Right?
3: No. That's <laughs> so circuitous. A natural <laughs> because, entitlement to try to survive. This is what you do. What are you Ian. talking about? A when, natural when entitlement it's... to try to survive. No, you have a because you don't know what the word you have mean. to try to survive. That's you it. Don't, you don't. You're not entitled to it. Good you to just, see
0: some things never change around right? here. Nothing uh-huh. <laughs> <That's like> changed,
3: <save-check. laughs> Ian. We're going to go to Super Chats. Yes, we are. But if you can't agree
1: on a definition of a word... That's the either point. Either, we can't agree on the definition. We got to agree on the because definition Because you're making first. it up, and no, I just read it to you. Well,
3: you gave me like a long three-part definition, firstly. Because There's you don't... Other Ian, if you're not smart enough
1: to know words, and I can't even read you the definition, <laughs> how do we have a conversation?
3: Look, everybody... Firstly, everybody can make mistakes. You made a mistake earlier when you you said a word that wasn't the right word. Sure. Um, and we're not... We haven't even yet to agree let on me, what let this me, word let me, let me just. So, I'm going to end this conversation yeah. very simply.
1: Jack and I say... Here's a right. You say rights don't exist. I say, okay, Ian, let's no, try and figure stop. Okay. let's try and figure out what rights means. Here's the definition of a right, and you say, well, that's wrong, and I refuse to accept. Okay,
3: you that, don't want to be wrong. That's not what happened. And you do- you just told me the definition. No, was too I didn't long, say rights said- don't exist. I said that the idea that God gives you basic intrinsic rights is idiot. It's it's fantasy, and that's why people are erupting against it right now because you don't know what the word means. A right. It's a it's a, ba- a fundamental.
1: Natu- natural rights a fundamental naturally occurring entitlement intrinsic within life
3: this is something you just created this is I definition. literally just read it to but you but you just said that it had to do with ethics and some you said it the word was, ethics it, it said, in your definition it said,
1: it said rights exist very prominently within legal and ethical theories and another one ethical and social and, is, and
3: legal theories I think this is Let's some
1: of the Chats. best
0: whiskey I have ever had. In rice rice whiskey. Can I put this on the camera? Are we yeah, allowed to do yeah, that? Look at this. This oh, rice, ohichi oh, rice whiskey. This is some of the best stuff I've ever had.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm
0: glad you're
2: if you here. If you really enjoyed all
1: <laughs> that, smash the like button. Subscribe, because we're going to have a member segment coming up later, but we should read Super Chats, because yeah. we went, we went long. Oh, boy. All right, let's see. Let's see. Where, Ian, are, we, where are we at? Ian making me cross you guys, You, you guys <laughs> ready for an even more contentious argument? Oh, God. The lukewarm go. Gamer says, On one of your earlier segments, you said women shouldn't be forced by anyone to carry another human being because of their freedom, not morality. But doesn't any parent have the obligation to stop their child from dying in their care? Yes, the issue of uh, pro-life versus uh, pro-choice is very, very difficult. And there is no middle ground. There's literally none. You're dealing with two independent life forms that have fundamental rights. And the problem is where does the government intervene? But I will say this. The point I was making is I'm worried about setting precedent for the government to decide when they're allowed to intervene in someone's medical decisions and when that person is required to provide their own body to someone else. It's very, very difficult to parse this because there's a baby that's alive that I believe life begins at conception. But I will just say something very simple. It's okay because if you're pro-life, we can actually have a discussion on how we compromise on this and I being pro-choice. As CBS News described it, the left is pro-abortion. No joke. CBS News said the pro-abortion groups, they're not talking about choice. They're talking about people who quite literally say you have no right to choose your own your, your, your medication when it comes to vaccine mandates. But the government should absolutely have an open door on all abortions up until the point of birth in some places no joke in virginia for instance that's where mm-hmm. they were pushing that so if we're going to sit here and discuss like okay we think abortion is wrong but there's a fundamental question of government intervention okay that that i think we can we can we can really disagree on but then you have this other group that's so far left i need binoculars to see him saying outright you have no choice to you have no you know, you know right to medical autonomy if the government mandates you get medicated you go and do it and shut up and by all means terminate your pregnancy that's not choice just pro-abortion.
0: Heavy, heavy, heavy. Uh, I have grown to become pro-life over time. I have been presented, well, I'm not gonna say that personal stuff. Uh, let's just say, uh, I came to understand that my personal position was pro-life through experience.
1: Well, so what does that, what does that mean? Right? Here, here's, here's one of the biggest challenges with the pro-life and pro-choice stuff is... What does it mean? It means, it means...
3: Uh, I hope my kids aren't watching they are
0: it means that there were probably there was a time in my life where that that came up as 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 an option Mm. and in my heart said absolutely not no way period and I've come to understand that you know it's separate DNA it's a separate human it's a beating heart man that's true it's a
3: human before it has a brain
0: how can it be not a human if it's got DNA and a beating heart and it evolves into life it is a human being in a various stage of development That's it. Well, it's a zygote. I I am changing every day. The fetus changes. The zygote changes. It's all on the same continuum from conception into death.
1: Mm -hmm. So this is what I said, and this is what we lost uh, in the argument. There was a time where the the left or the liberals in this country were safe, legal, and rare. It's between the person and their doctor. The government shouldn't be intervening. And I'm like, I understand all that. And I grew up with Democrat families saying, you know, abortion is really a truly despicable and awful thing. The problem is... There are certain circumstances that are humiliating, embarrassing, life-altering, and a doctor and the mother might have to make that very difficult choice. But of course, my dad would say, abortion just because for no reason, just, no, that's absolutely wrong. It shouldn't be done that way. And so that's where Chicago Democrat was, you know? Now I find myself much more closer to... What's considered pro-life only because you can call it close, relatively to the pro-abortion crowd who come out on their TV shows yelling, "Everybody get abortions!" and they wear shirts celebrating it. They, they, you know, they Lena Dunham saying she wished she had one. That is a whole level of depravity. Wait, that she is.
0: Li- she said she wished she had one, even though she doesn't have any kids.
2: Yeah. Let me let me let me. She right wishes
0: here. she just had gone through the experience of having an abortion.
2: Yeah. Disgusting.
0: Look, while you're bringing that up, let me just yes. point out the fact that feminist oh, Lena Dunham
1: said she wishes she had an abortion just want to make sure we have that clear for as legal like reasons. as
0: like a kink
1: because they're pro-abortion they just want it and right. so i'm i'm like so here, here's what i say like as i just described how i grew up viewing it i think there's a confusion as to what it means to be pro-life versus pro-choice because there's no real pro-choice movement anymore right. you have pro-abortion people and you have pro-life people right. and the pro-choice people safe legal and rare my issue is there are circumstances in which the baby could die is dead is seriously you know is at serious risk that could put the mother at risk there are many many medical complications and they may be rare in which case i'm like man i don't want the government like to file paperwork on this stuff and give my private medical history and man having the government involved in that the problem though is that i recognize 99 point whatever of abortions are listed as no reason at all meaning they're typically just contraception which is abhorrent
0: so two two points one feminists in the 60s, clearly stated that they wanted to destroy the concept of maternity. They clearly stated they wanted to destroy the concept of motherhood. They clearly stated they wanted to destroy the concept of family. Okay, So that's baked into this ideology, is destroy the concept of motherhood. Second, I saw just today a doctor, a pro-abortion doctor, say, Oh, my God, guys, we have to react. Here's what we have to do now that there's this crazy abortion law in Texas. Here's what you have to do. You have to, one, get on contraceptive right away. IUDs, condoms, birth control pill, use all of them. Get on contraceptive right away. Second, get pregnancy tests and test yourself regularly. Third, track your, your, your period, whatever, whatever. And in her clear explanation of all the things that you should do, it became obvious to me that her ilk and her people and the people she was talking to were clearly using abortion as contraception because she hadn't been saying all along, get on a contraception, get an IUD, use the birth control pill and use a condom and pregnancy test yourself all the time as a way. And not only like, Hey, let's maybe not have sex with everybody, but the idea was she had to replace the contraceptive tool of abortion, yep. Mm-hmm. with contraception. All right. That's absurd.
1: How, how, that, it, 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 it's a crazy idea that someone would, would rather go to a clinic for abortion than just use birth control or a condom or something.
0: Just get an IUD. I mean, so look, easy. I don't, I don't want to promote promiscuity amongst our young people, but there is some valid validity to the argument that like every kid should be given an IUD and an HPV vax
1: at age 14. Exactly. Let's read some more super chats. We got Camel of the Mojave. He says, just remember, if you're about to cough in public, you need to fart to hide the sound <laughs> oh. so they don't send out a warrant for your arrest. <laughs> That's that be Australia a- I have a question
0: for this, <laughs> for this gentleman. I have a question for this gentleman. If I'm wearing a mask on a plane and I have to sneeze, do I pull down the mask and sneeze into my napkin or do I sneeze into my mask and live with that for the rest <sighs> of the flight? You take the mask
1: back, you aim up, and you go (laughs) into the air. Request
3: the stewardess first. I think you gotta you got to pull it up and sneeze on the napkin. That's awful. Otherwise, that's just like viral load. All right. Soleil Cucumber
1: Lime says, I'm against impeachment. Biden is an even better advertisement for Republicans than the Black Lives Matter riots and defund the police. True. I got money from government to pay myself, and I bought Hex Crypto. Which is, uh congratulations. This yeah. is
0: not financial advice?
1: No, but I try, you know, I don't like it when people are, like, trying to pump their crypto. But the first part of that was good. Nice. That, that's, uh, that, that's what I said. Well, people super chat being like, Hey, Tim, this is the best crypto. Buy the crypto now because right. I think they're trying to pump it. Yeah. Right. But, uh, it's a good point. I mentioned earlier, like maybe Republicans just want to sit back and let Biden keep slipping on banana peels because it's going to make the 2020, uh, 2022 midterms just, ooh, it's
0: true, but it sky. does make them look feckless. Okay. It makes it them work. look weak. It makes yep. them look, uh, impotent. Okay. And,
3: and tens of thousands of, of humans are left behind in Afghanistan because of it too.
0: Indeed. Indeed. But it's like, I mean, look, Kamala Harris is impeachment proofness, Mm. impeachment immunity for Joe Biden. Anything Joe Biden is doing now would be made worse by a
3: Kamala Harris presidency. I don't think so. I don't think I think he's he's unfit. Yeah, like but dangerous she, but
0: he's unfit through his mental incapacity as well as his ideology she is mental she's unfit because she's a psychopath
3: yeah she's authoritarian uh, I
0: think officer. Biden's a
1: psychopath too though Well, and they're both bad but, you know but you know
0: he he's a psychopath in the sense that he's not rooted in any moral system if you listen to the things that yeah, he said in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, that dude was a straight up and down racist. <laughs> yeah, I guess like, a jerk. Yeah, No I guess. question really about it. Like, I don't want my kids in a racial jungle, Oof. was his statement against integration in the schools. Yeah, he's a bad person. He's a bad person. And you know what's interesting, though, is I will listen to him in the 80s and the 90s, and I'll be like, he's a bad guy, but he's kind of witty. Mm-hmm. He was sharp. He was. He was like, he was, he was obviously present. He is so obviously not present now.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And 20, the stutter thing all fake news.
0: 20, tw- you're right. 2024 should be, if they just, dis- look, well, I guess it depends on if they rerun him, right? Are they going to rerun him? Are they going to, are they going to primary a sitting president that is uh, like for real though? Right. So if they they rerun him in 2024, it should be the the easiest victory that's ever been had. Ever. I
1: think even if it's Kamala, it'll be a cakewalk for... Oh, that's good. That's exciting to think about. (laughs) That's exciting.
0: If we can get there. If we can get there as a nation.
1: All right, let's read some more. We got Krepsi K. He says, Tim, can I get a shout out? uh, A channel shout out. I made some great jalapeno mango jam recently. You said um, you won't eat food that is sent in, but what ooh. if it was made on video? We don't always agree, but I respect that you try and cover the facts. I w- I, I don't – people send us food. I don't eat it. Like, I, I – like, I <laughs> Just give it to Ian. For <laughs> I used <laughs> to <laughs> eat it. Times <laughs> have we, changed. We, we, no, I will. <laughs> get, we get a lot time. of food sent to us. I bet. People really will be nice. like – well, so there's local businesses. And I'm like, you can't really expect me to eat something I got in the mail. You know what I mean? Random. Yeah, right. like, I don't know where yeah. this is, what this is, or where it came from. Probably all I'm going to get dumped in a box and be like, it's chocolate, and I'm like, i not going anywhere <laughs> yeah. near it.
0: Right. I think we should. I think you should hire some interns and let the interns <laughs> test it, and then we can all try this delicious jalapeno ham also, jam.
1: Whatever. I, I I never open boxes the same way either. How come? Oh, in case there's something jumps out Flitter at you or like a snake or something, and yeah. weird stuff in it. You know, yeah. you never know. We got we got security protocols. We take operational security oh, very careful. seriously.
0: Uh, to to the next level. Since I've been gone, by the way. In
3: the last six or eight weeks.
0: It's is a very important Oof, one. There's forms and
3: documents. We got to do real creative ways of opening boxes, like swing it down on a rope, and it like hits the
2: there's <laughs> letter a opener. saw and
3: like, cuts it open as it just, swings Just by.
1: perfectly the side so that we can see what's inside. <laughs> yes. All right. John Kristen says, glad to have the real Jack back instead hey. of that knockoff Poso guy.
0: Oh, <laughs> snap. That's oh. one of my, my very, very good friends, Jack Posobiec. We just had a wonderful weekend with him and his wife at the Will Chamberlain's wedding yes. with Jordan Lancaster. We had a great time out there in the uh, Smoky Mountains. I love Jack Persol, we would love so to do beautiful. a Jack and Jack, yes, a Jack and Jack episode Thanks. here.
3: When yes. can we get that?
0: Yeah, we can make we, that we happen. That Jack, you can ride with me. You can there ride you go. Till we get to the border, the <laughs> sheriff's after
1: me for what I never mind. Okay. Matrix okay. right. <laughs> says, Tim, Titan Hunter or Warlock? I'm partial to my Hunter, but the Titans in Destiny have the best butts. The first character I made was a warlock because I thought the warlocks were hunters and then I leveled up a warlock and I was like, well I guess I'm playing the warlock. And then I was like, I gotta make a hunter because hunters are better because hunters can be invisible, so.
0: Oh, can they? In the game I used to play, a hunter could heal himself in the field. That was always really good. And come up with some rations in the field. That was
3: always a big deal. Yeah, they do massive damage from the distance.
1: Titan is my least favorite to be honest. Uh, Hunter is the best because they have the you know they have the stealth and I was, I play rogue in Warcraft as well but I I like the support functions of the Warlock in Destiny.
0: If anybody out there played a game called Tela Arena, send me a DM on Twitter. That was huh. the best game ever, ever. Nora, right, you're in a cave.
1: Nathan O'Connell <laughs> says, Tim, I told you about the sailor that burnt down that ship. There have been two bomb threats on the USS Nimitz in the last three days. Could be contractors, sailors, or government workers, all with a security clearance. Morale in the military at all-time lows. Jeez. Yep. Here's one. William Martin says, hey gang, have you ever heard of the Battle of Athens in Tennessee? A certain bearded Scottish count made a video about it. It's an amazing tale of election fortification and Second Amendment. Yes, uh, famous. You guys know the story? I've heard of it. I don't know the guys story. Guys came though. back from World War II. They uh, oh, they found that corrupt local officials had seized government, and they took the city over and had a new election. They
2: fixed it. Oh.
3: well, oh. oh. Fix, oh. Fix it. Is, Legitimized yeah. it, and then after that, it was just, just kept going? They didn't like send in the feds or anything to break it up? I don't remember. Scroats Magot says, Tim,
1: you no, are now on the wrong Scrotes side Magots. of the E4 mafia. Why? I said they probably know more about this than we do. I was complimenting them
0: groats, my goats. Wayne Kerr. Is there a
1: Mr. Wayne (laughs) Kerr here? (laughs) Eileen Dover. (laughs) I love Don Key Dick. (laughs) Don (laughs) Key Dick.
3: Wayne Kerr. Wayne (laughs) Kerr. Wayne Kerr. This is a great video they're talking about. (laughs) You guys gotta see. It's on Twitter. I don't know if it's real. I think it is real. Yeah, it's (laughs) real. It struck me. Someone got like a council member to give him a bunch of fake names. Bart Simpson. He's he's Bart Simpson, this (laughs) council member. So good. Of oh, Mr. Kerr,
4: Mr. <laughs> <there a> Wayne
0: <laughs> Kerr. here? It's still funny because you know
1: I'm maturely. Like All that. right,
0: <laughs> Isaiah
1: Shalavola says, "Yo, what's the email for account problems? Every time I log in, the site immediately logs me out." That it happened is to me last night. members at timcast.com, and there, yeah, I think it's a database thing, which we I, I should be fixed for most people, but. Oh happens from time to time yeah look you know we, we actually have a really excellent development team they're like some of the best and the site i think is fantastic but man bugs happen i guess i we try our best man. you have like we're, a, we're, when you build a
3: tech company you have like a five to one support to that's right to found so we, really, we have people one, that literally <clears throat> just sit
1: there waiting for emails to come in are constantly answering them of course if it's like midnight people are asleep you know But maybe we'll hire some, you know, some late night people to just sit at the emails and make sure we get everybody on time.
0: I think that's a good idea.
1: All right. Ronan Jack says, unfortunately, I believe Biden should be kept in. Hear me out. Everyone who didn't vote or voted for him need their eyes held up and take in the horrors and learn their lesson. The right will not be there to shield them from themselves. That's a good point. Do it. OMG Puppy says the Shah of Iran was a constitutional monarch, and he legally disbanded the parliament. When they elected a communist prime minister, hmm. there is a counter narrative to CIA plot, and both are probably true. Wow, you get your, you your answer. Yeah, don't there.
3: let a good uh, problem go to waste. They'll they'll swoop in and get what they can out of it.
1: All right, Brown Bear nine nine two says, "Tim, you said the only way the withdrawal could have been worse is if we bombed a bunch of civilians. That's exactly what they did. Yep. Biden droned a bunch of kids on the way out just a few days ago. I know. Yep, <laughs> I, I meant like." If they decided to escalate the war with the Taliban and just start bombing cities, like, relentlessly. In this instance, they were going after ISIS, and they're talking about working with the Taliban. So, you know, yeah, bad. Very bad. All right. Michael Kalavoda says, it seems this falls into the Great Reset. Do you agree or disagree? What do you think is the next domino? I have no idea. Um I'll tell you this. Over the past month, I've been going to the supermarket because i need cream for my coffee oh yeah What's up and i that? use real cream i don't use any of that bogus half and half garbage or you know i do have the international delight stuff you just a little bit uh it hasn't been there store's yeah. been At all out wow. of all of it and that's weird to this me like local farm town yeah too. but it's a, like a supermarket so i'm like i guess we got to go to a local farm I get to find a dairy farm here. And, and, and find some cream because they don't have it they have the fake stuff they have cheese gross yeah i'm not the cheese the fake stuff yeah yeah i like the real stuff That's i've been cheese. doing i've been doing uh keto actually a lot of a S- lot, of, lot, of, lot of fat a lot of avocados and whipped cream and gotta take your vitamins. oh it's though. so
3: good for you burn that sugar yeah this guy's statement that it might be part of the the great reset i wonder i wonder if this whole military industrial complex is part of that is aaron up says hey tim i pitched my woo to sydney today
1: and i like my odds wish me luck i'll good keep luck, you man. and lydia posted <laughs> yes there you go you can do it
2: <laughs> good luck
3: <laughs>
1: all right
2: pitting woo that's a silly term
1: mike sullivan says great seeing jack back i noticed there is a jump to say bush went to iraq because of his father's history with them in february 93 multiple iraqis tried to topple the world trade center with a car bomb also the attack on the uss uss Cole was tracked back to uh i don't know what that word is because we have a, a filter thing for
3: websites hmm Assad? oh maybe no i don't know Darn it. I don't know. Were they really? I don't think they were really trying to topple the trade centers with that bomb. In well,
2: they, they
1: they put the truck up to the center column. So yeah. Oh wow! In the basement, they went to center the column.
3: Ride. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That the
0: truck. World Trade Center was definitely like an attraction point for a terror
1: multiple yeah, times. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: like a symbol of capitalism in yeah. a lot of ways.
1: All right adam Horridge says conservatives understand individualism and in group demonstrations they don't recognize both need to be used to change institutions and we need to start with universities somebody tweeted at me that i won't criticize conservatives or whatever and i'm like i mean i guess it depends on what you mean because trump supporters aren't the same as like the neocons which i rag on all the time i like mitch mcconnell and Lindsey graham are awful but you know everybody on the right makes one of them but it's also like dude when a pro-life or conservative comes to me and says, I'm pro-life and here's why. I go, Huh, I understand those arguments. They make sense. I disagree on some ethical issues. Here's why I disagree. The left comes out and says, we're for choice. They're taking away the choice of women. And I'm like, yeah, in New York, you mean with the vaccines? No, 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 That we're okay with. And then I'm like, so you're not actually arguing anything to me. You're just basically saying, give me power when I want power. Correct. What am I supposed to criticize the, 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 the right for? Disagreeing with me? I'm not criticizing someone for having a different opinion. We just disagree. That's the problem I face with them when they're like, choice, except for that one. They don't want choice. They're pro-abortion.
0: That's why it's the most frustrating thing to argue with any of these people because they have no principle. There's no principle.
2: Tap dancing on quicksand. Exactly.
1: Camel of the Mojave back again says society doesn't run off of virtue. It runs off of self-interest. You ignore basic human nature. It's why communism fails. It's why individual in, individualists need others. It's why absolutists have to accept dealing with people with different morals. Interesting.
3: And it's why we're having so much problems here, even though we have a constitution that says that we shouldn't be.
1: All right. Nevermore says, yo, uh, Tim, you mentioned you play destiny a few times. If you want to raid, I'm down to help. You know, I haven't really. I, I used to play way more. Like, uh, Adam and I used to play all the time. We wasted way, way too much time playing Destiny, man. Vault of Glass was so much fun. I love what you could throw the solar grenade and then make him walk off the edge because the game was busted and they fixed it and took away all the fun. But, uh, you know, I, I played the latest one a little bit and I've done a few missions so far. Yeah, we'll see how. Destiny 2. Yeah, Destiny 2. It is it is a well-made game. You know, the problem with it is it's a really really good first-person shooter. The class system, I think they've really worked it. It's really it's it's a great system. The balance between the different types, PvP's fun, but man is the story just like written by a 7-year-old. Interesting. It's like a 7-year-old who wanted to make Star Wars and so they wrote up this like really trash wow. fan fiction of Star Wars. Have you
0: seen that show on HBO Mythic <clears throat> Quest?
1: No. Is it good?
0: Or maybe it's on Apple? Yeah, it's about a it's about a game development company. And cool. It's about the guy that develops the game. It's one of the guys from Always Sunny. Oh, oh
2: very cool. It's, oh, right. it's really, it's oh, right, super right. high quality. It's very ones.
0: high quality. It's really fun it's and Charlie interesting Day. to see yeah. the, the hey, back Jay. side of like game development oh. and mon- there's like the head of monetization and they're like, we developed this shovel and how are we going to make money off this shovel? I mean, it's just really interesting to see how the games get made and What's the it sausage called? mythic.
3: It Quest. looks like a lot of them. uh, Charlie Day's involved, Rob yeah. McEnolly, and he's the lead. Very it's cool. super funny.
1: It's super funny and a good, good show. All right. Let's see. Theodore Abate—is that how you pronounce it? Or Abate, Abbott. Ian. Natural law can best be explained by Socrates versus Henry David Thoreau. I encourage you to read their arguments. I think you're mistaken on this issue, but I appreciate your honesty. Thanks. Man. Thanks. I saw
0: their debate on YouTube the other day. It was
3: lit. Socrates and, and Thoreau. Thoreau. Yeah, they yeah. were. They what were a really world, going at it, man. If we could have, we could do that somehow. You think <laughs> that we can like reanimate <laughs> Jesus and like can, have a debate. Just Einstein. Read the books. What? No, it's not the same. Yes. Sounds like a lot of work. They
0: engage in the same questions like, over time. This is the beauty of philosophy. The books have like... No, no. no. They're like Hold deep-vict. on, hold on. Okay. So. The, the, the beauty of philosophy is that the questions have been the same since the beginning of time. And if you can get yourself up to speed on what all the other thinkers have thought, you can engage in the same conversation that's been going on for 3,000
3: years. I notice you've been delving into the Bible. It seems like you've... The Bible, the ancients,
0: the Aristotle, Plato... I've been reading all of it very
1: deeply and it's, it's changed a lot of the ways that I see the world. Mason Wailing says so frustrating. Listen to y'all pump the same mid two thousands edgy teenager anti-war talking points. It's much more intricate than you think. Read more signed a lowly E4. Remember the 13. Absolutely. Remember the 13. Uh, Thank you for your service. And I disagree. I don't think we have edgy teenage anti-war talking points. I think they're fundamentally ethical questions that we ask ourselves about why we go into these countries at all. And I'll tell you this. We've absolutely entertained all of the nuance here. We've had people on the show who talk about how we need to maintain some force to prevent the country from falling into a complete disaster. It's a mess that we created that we're responsible for. And I look at what's happening in Afghanistan and I'm like, it really is sad that very, th- there could have been stability. There could have been stores and happiness and some values that w- that we do like, but we are not Afghanistan. It's it's not about edgy teenage talking points. It's about being an adult and saying, you're supposed to be responsible for yourself. You're not supposed to aggress on, on other people and you're supposed to mind your own business. And there's also the, the fundamental understanding of China's expansion, other countries expanding, why we want to occupy the strategic location in the first place, what it would lead to if we leave. But there's there's one big issue, I think, here. I've often talked about, you know, in, in 2016, for instance, I said, if you like the status quo, vote for Hillary Clinton. You'll get all the exact same stuff, the war, the conflict, the crisis, the market manipulations, all that. If you want change, then you've got to, I guess, vote for Trump because he's something not totally crazy. And for me, I didn't vote. <laughs> but the issue is... I guess it's utilitarianism versus uh, deontological thinking, or there's, there's probably some other um, moral issues here. The people who are like, I'm willing to violate the rights of others for some justifiable ends. But there is no ends. There's never an end. We, we aren't going to reach the end goal of like defeating China and say, okay, the mission's over, and uh, we can all sit back and just rest easy now that we've won, because there's never going to be a conflict. No, it's, there's always going to be conflict. You know, which, which, which I can give you a really easy example of how to understand this. It's like a TV show. Name any TV show where there's like a protagonist, and antagonist, and then when they finally overcome and defeat the antagonist, a new villain emerges. Oh, just by coincidence. You know, like in Stargate, for instance, they defeat the Goa'uld and then also in the Ori show up. You can use any show, for instance, where new villains arise. So there's always a power vacuum. There's always conflict. Do we decide that we are going to have the ends justify the means and then do really, really awful thing, oppressing people and causing war conflict, death, hundreds of thousands of civilian casualties because of some nebulous and vague utopian ideal of what we 're supposed to accomplish no, I
3: think no we can 't because the journey is where we are, so we have to make the journey exactly. what we're the we ed- be.
0: edgy teenage angst thing is like war 's bad, period done
1: yeah bush bush is is Hitler, and it's you war is dumb, yeah. and it 's like my thing is like. Imagine what we could have done with that two trillion dollars if we put into an Alaska. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had, we had Jack yeah. and Daniel on and we were like, imagine if we occupied like nation built, the nation building in Alaska. In like, our our own, own, our own, our own country. We could have infrastructure. Should have bought Imagine if we
3: bought Bitcoin <laughs> with two trillion dollars <laughs> yeah. in 2011. We'd be, we'd have like eight trillion. We wasn't trillion we'd be able to pay off cap. our debt.
1: Yeah. There was, the, the market cap was like substantially less wow. than that. Yeah, imagine if instead of wasting money being like we're going to colonize and build this other country... we create
3: a new currency. I mean, dude, How about like, that?
1: Could you imagine if they spent all that money building a massive city in Alaska that made Alaska actually have industry and stuff like that? That'd be so cool. They don't want to do it. Anyway, my friends, smash that like button. Subscribe smash. to the channel. Smash it. Do it for Ian. Do it for Jack. Do it for Jack. Do it for
0: me. I have a thing to promote. May I promote? Or are we promoting?
1: Let's uh go to TimCast.com because the member segment's coming up soon. Follow us at timcastirl. Follow me at TimCast if you'd like
0: Jack. We are doing a tour. We're doing a liminal order tour. First of all, if you want to join the liminal order, that's liminal-order.com, masculinity, brotherhood, sovereignty. Second, we're doing a tour. It's called the Jack brunch tour. We're going around to 10 cities across the country for food, folks, and fun fellowship to break bread and drink wine with people that see the world the way that you do to give you social connections, to have fun. So you don't feel isolated and alone or like you're crazy. Come hang out with us. Follow me on at Jack Brunch on Twitter. We've got an event on Sunday, September 12th in Chicago. Tickets are available. Five Star Brunch, Mimosa Bar, the whole thing. Sunday afternoon after church. That's your thing. Come hang out. We're doing it in Chicago and then New York two weeks later after that on 926 and eight other cities after that. So act Jack Brunch on Twitter. Get your tickets. Come on down. Hey, and Jack Murphy Live, don't forget, you can subscribe to Jack's YouTube channel. Oh, that's channel. right. YouTube channel, <laughs> Jack Murphy Live. Follow me on Twitter, Jack Murphy Live, Instagram, all the things. You get, your
3: beard is looking exceptionally awesome today. Thank you
0: very much. You know, the red hen, Rochelle, yeah. my, uh, my fiance, she's a hairstylist. Oh, she trims it. She's, wow, she's taken ownership of the beard. Are falling is not into dye. Place. This is not dye. This is all natural. I ask people, the people are like, you dye your beard. I'm like, if I did, why would I do it like this? <laughs> why wouldn't I just dye it all brown? Yeah. we're all great and I've
3: never seen anything like it It's incredible. me neither it's amazing. Uh, uh, I love it I hate it did you want it when you were a kid
0: no I had no idea I didn't even know this was here so one day I just grew it and it just kept growing and boom and now I go around the country and everybody looks at me and they go Jack Murphy live from Tim Pool look at your beard
1: <laughs> look at your beard I, I, I can kind of look down give me a mirror
3: <laughs> hey yeah. I love you everyone thank you, you I love you everyone too
2: thank you Jack I love you bye and you guys so good to be back should, oh yeah Jack I'm delighted you're back I'm so glad. About I that. was going to say, I don't know if you've heard, but I am in the process of getting more followers than Sarah Patch Kids do on it. Twitter. Do it. You guys need to follow me at Sarah Patch Lids. So it's, it's my only goal line. You've got to be I close, want. right? I am getting close. I'm like 4,000 away. Wow. Oh, nice. Whoa. We should do be able it. to do that right the now. Rise. Lids. Man. Lids, not kids. That's right. Not the kids.
1: Lids Make sure kids. you smash the like button and then head over to TimCast.com for that bonus member segment. And we'll see you all there. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.